0: And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Welcome to episode 39 of Down on the Docks. My name's Chris Neff, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Dave Sarah. How are you, buddy? Hello. Good to be here. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there wondering, uh, where was my episode yeah. two fucking days ago? Yeah. Uh, Dave do you want to tell our listeners? Now, sure. you know, we normally do not get personal on the show no. because we're all about business. Yeah. And we're not here to suck our own dicks and make right. this about us. Yeah. But you no had knee slappers here. You had a significant situation in your life and there are people that are out there worried. Oh, so thank you. So I would you. like to address it. What oh, happened? It.
1: Well, I did mention this a little bit in Discord and um maybe some of you know, my brother has schizophrenia and yeah. Um, the medication that he's on makes his hand shake from time to time. So when that happens, you know he kind of gets embarrassed and he sticks his hand in his pocket. Well, unfortunately, like a lotus more said, "Yeah, sorry, hand in resist. my pocket." Couldn't resist, <clears throat> and I'm shaking it in front of a minor. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so the basically the gist is, you know, we live next to a school, and he was walking to the liquor store. A school and, with minors. With minors, yes, uh, uh, middle school. And uh, he was walking by the school, and his hand starts shaking. So he puts it in his pocket, not realizing that that looks like you're masturbating in public. Oh, and no. when you got a lot of minors around, um, they line up and pay a <laughs> yeah, quarter. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I uh, got a, got some uh, disgruntled parents calling and um, wondering um, what the fuck's going on. So. That was in 2017 when that happened.
0: Oh, so this wasn't this weekend. So
1: this week, and he didn't show up to court. Like, the basically, the DA and the judge were yeah. very sympathetic to him. Yeah, Empathetic, I guess, maybe. And they were trying to give well, him Well, they'd the be word. empathetic <clears throat> <clears throat> if throat> they had yeah.
0: brothers that had the same problem. Right. They'd be sympathetic. sympathetic. if they didn't. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: So... Yeah, they wanted to put themselves in my shoes. There you go. Well, they uh, the DA in 2017 said... That got recalled? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they said, um, just come in, sign the paperwork, blah, blah, blah. He got scared. The day before his court date, he bounced like from the house and um, went MIA for a couple of days because he just got scared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so couldn't really do much about it, couldn't force him. He said he kept having this delusion that he was fine and all that. Well, kids... You got a bench warrant, go take care of it, cause the cops might come for you. And so he was just early in the morning smoking a cigarette in front of the uh liquor store one day.
0: And that's how they on popped Monday.
1: Him. And um they freaking popped him. Okay. And then on. of course you had to go to court. I'd you had to go to court. B- you
0: had to bring in his VA history, VA history. to show that he's, you know, he's obviously a, a veteran he's, of our con- And he's being
1: treated currently for right. schizophrenia. He's not right. just like a right. like a homeless schizophrenic.
0: Right. So yeah, I mean, you know, and then you have know, your parents; they're leaving town. So you're dealing were, with a lot. My parents
1: were leaving town on Wednesday. Yep. Now they're leaving town on Saturday. Yeah. <clears throat> it's Mother's Day. They're gonna go visit my sister in New Hampshire. Okay. And but he's so, okay. He's okay. He's back home. He's fucking fine. No, uh, and but I'm gonna have.
0: I, if I recall, you said he went to go get a pack of cigarettes to go get a package here's my suggestion we're doing cartons from here on out he literally the second we got home he yeah. went and bought a carton okay my point is I go get the first carton on me yeah
1: well the thing is that it's part of his he can do the carton it's his money he can yeah. buy
0: it if he wants right
1: the thing is it's like his it's like his daily routine to go and walk down to the thing get a cigarette get his pizza get yeah. a rock star whatever and then he walks back, and like, that's his, like, these are the things that he does, like, to keep himself
0: occupied. Yeah, the yeah. You're you
1: If you're getting a carton, you're just going and smoking a fucking sure. million cigarettes. Sure. And so, this
0: is the Montebello PD. It was probably a, a slow day.
1: Slow day. And then okay. the only reason they took him to uh, Men's Central Jail is because. He needed
0: uh, medication. Okay. Well, we're happy everything's safe. Yep, and we're We're, back on schedule. And we appreciate our listeners' understanding. Uh, Before we get started, Dave, can you tell us who this week's episode is sponsored by? This week's episode of Down the Docks is brought to you by, of course,
1: Broccoli Farms. Established in 2016 in San Diego, California by cannabis entrepreneur Anthony Bird, Broccoli Farms is a modern take on cannabis brands around the world. By combining new terminology uh, involving cannabis worldwide, Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one. What is it, Chris? Broccoli Farms. Broccoli Farms. That's right. The lowest delivery minimum in San Diego. Fair prices and quality products makes Broccoli Farms one of the best deliveries in San Diego for almost a decade. Be sure to mention down on the Docks podcast, that's Docs podcast as D O C S for fifteen percent off your next order, along with F T P gifts and rewards, and then that first time pussy. Yeah. First time, pussy. first time patient FTP, obviously. <laughs> Check them out today on Instagram, Broccoli Farms six one nine. Check me out too, Dave dot
0: Sarah. Yeah, give Dave a follow. Of yeah. course, uh, you want followers. Follow, if you want to follow the show, I'm trying uh, to break a thousand. If you want to follow the show, it's down on the docs um, on Twitter and down on the docs pod on Instagram. Um, let's get into the show. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm really excited about this documentary. I saw it like five years ago, and I was blown away and i remembered i couldn't remember the name so i did i i went into uh, google and <laughs> wrote docs on magicians
2: <laughs> oh okay? fuck we're doing
0: a magician we're app? doing a magician ah, <laughs> so shit this week's episode i was able to find if you want to watch it it's on peacock and i believe Freebie. Uh, it is called an honest liar and it's directed by tyler Meesum. and it was released in 2014 so here's how the doc starts. We're introduced to a short old man. He's got this really long gray beard. Okay. He walks with a cane. Standard magician look. He's in his no, okay. 80s. He's in his 80s. It's actually the opposite. It's okay. pretty opposite. <laughs> He's in his 80s. And we pat, he walks through the back of... Uh, I might be the Magic Castle. I don't know. But he okay. like, opens uh, uh, a secret compartment. It's a bookshelf, but it's not. It's right. a door. It sounds like a Magic Castle to me. He walks on uh, stage... And we see a vintage magician's poster, mm-hmm. like, you know, those, those big, you know, from the 20s and 30s with the big titles. And it says, the man no jail can hold, the amazing Randy. Mm. Do you know the amazing Randy? I've never heard of the amazing Randy. Well, this doc is about the amazing Randy. And Randy begins the docu- uh, documentary by saying some people can cannot believe that a magician can fool them. In such a way that they can't figure it out. Hmm. But magicians can and magicians do. Swindlers do. Con men do. They're not magicians. They're fakes. Hmm. They're lying to us. They're deceiving us. It's okay to fool people as long as you're doing that to teach them a lesson, which will better their knowledge of how the real world works. No matter how smart or well-educated you are, you can be deceived. Yes, so have you ever been yes. deceived by a magician?
1: <laughs> oh, fuck yeah,
0: dude! I was. I a, enjoy a good magician, dude. I was at my buddy's party who had a magician, and I'm like getting pissed. Really, I'm just like, tell me one, dude. Uh, Can you give pl- me one? I
1: don't like. I don't care to no. know. It doesn't bother me not knowing. <sighs> I like it. I, I have a my cousin's roommate. Is a uh, patron of the um, of the Magic Castle. Castle. He came up with a or I'm not an, not a patron, but like an, not an employee, but a, yeah, a person regular. That goes, I guess
0: pays and buys a ticket. A <laughs> no, patron. no, no. Yeah, no, not that.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, he's performed there. I should say. Okay. But uh, yeah, he had to come up with a magic trick, I guess. Yeah. yeah to and be apparently, indicted. it's
0: pretty. Somebody told me it's pretty expensive annually to have a I'm membership sure, there. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Like thousands of dollars. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, for those of you that don't know, the Magic Castle is a famous, famous, famous magic place magical place magical place like the comedy store for magicians correct it's the comedy store of magicians in hollywood uh anyway so we learn quickly that randy he's been around the block we see him from the 50s and you know this announcers like from canada hit parade and they're challenging randy to get out of an escape jack uh straight jacket while, while hanging from his feet sick and it's, it's just a really well-done intro. And then the titles come up, and it's called it Honest Liar. Now, we see Randy in the present day, which would have been probably 2014 when this is released. Okay. And he said, I always had a battle with the psychics, the so-called, <laughs> and I use that word in quotations all the time, remember that, people who are stealing money from the public, cheating them, and misinforming them, like the three card monty guys. No, he's saying psychics. Oh, psychic. Oh, palm readers. Yeah, those rears are and shit. street hustlers. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So he says, "I've been finding it all my life. Magicians are the most honest people in the world. They tell you they're going to fool you, then they do it." Well, let's cut to the 1970s because Johnny Carson is uh, hosting, and he's nice. got he's got Randy on the show, and he says, uh, "Folks, good evening." Let's just. This next guest is Wacky and Wild. <laughs> Ed, how are you? <laughs> you are how? correct. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? How are you? <laughs> uh, the, we, tonight, we, we have a man. This is Wild. Uh, we have a man, uh, uh, James Randy, author of The Faith Healers and best known as an investigator of psychic and miraculous claims. Welcome, the amazing Randy. Well, Bob, we see a clip of Bob Barker. Okay. He introduces nice. him as well, and I'm like,
1: well, he was on the fucking Prices Right, dude. I was whistling the Prices Right all morning today. Well, here's here's ba, 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 ba. what you gotta know:
0: Uh it wasn't the Prices Right; it was like another game show. I but always what- thought
1: that's all he did. No,
0: he did another game show before. I think it was to tell the truth, or whose line is it anyway? Sung it. One no. of those. Well,
1: no, it wasn't whose line is it anyway. But
0: I think it was. Really? Yeah. Oh. So anyway, uh another talk show host is like, tell us who you are. And he says, I'm the amazing Randy. I was born at an early age in a log cabin. I helped my father build. By the time I was seven, I was 11. I grew up very fast. I'm a magician, always have been a magician, a conjurer, prestidigitator, ledgerdamist, liar, cheat, charlatan, and fake. Now, I didn't know what any of those fucking words meant. And I did pretty well on my SATs. know what a charlatan is. I know, of course, I know what a charlatan is. I know what a conjurer is. But a prestidigitator? You ever heard that Prestid- I, I feel like I've heard the word prestidigious. It's one who practices tricks and illusions mm. for entertainment. Mm. And then uh, he he refers to himself. Oh, as, it's like
1: the prestige. Wait, how do yeah. you spell it? Yeah, it's prestige. Yeah. I bet you that's, that's what that comes from. That's what it does come from.
0: Uh, then then the final
1: a, act of the of the thing. Ledger the domainist.
0: Trick. I don't know what that is. So a ledger main is the definition is skillful use of one's hands when performing Conjuring Tricks. So Slide of hand, basically. Anyway, you guys learned two fucking new words. And if you already knew those words, please let me know. Um, So we see another talk show host. And he's like, you know, these are all from the 70s, these clips. You're a master magician. Some Imagine
1: pe- like he's there performing on Carson and then Wrinkles comes out. Wrinkles comes out and just starts fucking like... Wrinkles the
0: Clown? Th- n- no, Don Rickles. Oh, Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Don
1: Rickles comes out and just fucking starts like, what is this shit? Get this fucking... Idiot off the stage and shit. Never.
0: I worked uh, at a party once and waited on Don Rickles. Nice was he? Yeah, he mean, was awesome. Was he mean to you? No, no, he was dope. And he was like, uh, "If you're gonna stick out in comedy, kid, you got to have your own thing. You have to stick out." Anyway, he was an awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to uh, back to this. So this talk show host says, "You know, you're a master magician. Uh, some people say that you're the greatest escape artist since Houdini." Well, we also meet Gillette of Penn and Teller. Sure. Um, and he describes Randy and says, Randy has a really deep natural affection for magic and a love of deception. By the way, Teller is sitting next to him. Yeah. Do you know Teller doesn't have a first or last name? It's just Teller. Uh, um, I, I mean, I looked it up. Huh. I couldn't find it. He just goes by Teller. Yeah. There's Penn Jillette. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And then it's just Teller. Yeah. Anyway, Teller didn't say shit. It it plays does, his part. It's so weird. He doesn't say shit. No. And no.
1: that's not that it's so weird. I mean, that's his thing, but, uh, I, I went on a stint where I watched that show for a little while. It's an entertaining show. Which show? The Penn and Teller, um, not the not the HBO show, but the magic show that they have. Uh, okay. try to fool us or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fool well, Penn and Teller.
0: Randy says a good magician needs to be a little bit of a con man. Uh, he needs to be sort of a criminal, but not have enough guts to actually rob banks. Yeah. So Penn also says you know his whole life has been a performer as a magician, uh, and he resents. Anyone applying the techniques of magic for any mm-hmm. other purpose than entertainment. Interesting. So yeah, like the CIA.
1: Like that was the first CIA handbook. Was essentially was essentially a, a sleight-of-hand magic trick book. Really? 100 yeah, percent In like the 50s. What did okay? Like yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that, like their first, like their first manual. But the, was, was like the government. To, it was like how to administer poisons into drinks and stuff like that. Okay but like, well, was
0: the government like hey guys the fbi is not doing their thing cia so yeah no the fbi oh, is a, yeah. so let's get these magicians together and call <laughs> call on the central intelligence not 100 sure if the fbi had been created yet, yeah, but yeah no it was fbi it was is. around before the cia was it okay yeah i mean I they w- they came from the office of naval hoover, intelligence I guess. yeah hoover did the cia oss or? then oh, the okay. fbi yeah and I think then the CIA, but then again, this is our government. The CIA could go all the way back yeah. to fucking you know, the revolutionary when. war. And then they're like, ah, f- they, after, and then after world war II, they they're like, man, okay, well, we got to tell them now. They probably started out as basins.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> so anyway, we wow. See, some based ass, based ass shit from you right now,
1: Chris. That I'm was based.
0: Based as fuck. dude. Does that mean good or bad? It's I don't, t- I don't, I don't speak the jive. Dude. No, it's good. It's okay. Good. So anyway, Bob Barker, he was hosting What's My Line. What's that, My Line? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But what, I think many people have hosted that. Yeah. But, to, you know, he's like, tonight, and he's not talking about Randy. He says, you are going to meet a man who claims he can move physical object objects using the power of his mind. Mm-hmm. So this dude walks out. Do you remember Mork and Mindy? No, of course. Remember, like, the suit, Mork? Yes. Okay. The silver it's it, This was black and it was silver. So this guy comes out. He looks like an Oompa Loompa, but he's tall, but that's the face. Yeah, he it's looks like, like orange face? Nah, he just looks like he's got the page boy cut. Okay. Um, you know, a little dumb and dumber looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's in one of those suits. Yeah. So he's clearly trying to be like the psychic spaceman. Got it. So there's a desk. Yeah, I'm
1: thinking of. A- totally.
0: So there's a little table and he kneels down and there's a phone book on it kay. facing him. And he puts his hands out like this, Mm -hmm. and then you see the pages start to turn, okay? And then there's a pencil on the edge of the desk, and it looks like he's using the force. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, He's got his hand out, and the pencil starts spinning. Huge applause, okay? So uh, Bob brings Randy out, and he says, now, Randy, you've been touring the country debunking physics, haven't you? And he's like, I have indeed, and I think I have a rather (laughs) simple solution. And then he grabs a coffee can, pulls it out, and then he's got these little like packing peanuts in it. Okay. He distributes it around the phone book. Okay. And uh, he's like, this should pretty much do it. Okay. He's like, "Uh, I've got particles of plastic here, which will conclusively show that Mr. Hydrick here is merely blowing blowing on the page and on the pencil. Okay. And Bob looks at this guy named James Hydrick and says, well, are you ready? And James is like, yeah, I got this. Well, suddenly he loses his magic powers. Oh, no. He can't do it. So I went... Give me a little Simpsons music. Yeah, here we go. I wanted to know who this James Heydrich was because I had bad vibes watching him. Well, it turns out he was born in 59 and he is an American former stage performer and self-described psychic and convicted sex offender. Oh, of course. That's how they get him with the yeah, magic, dude. They get him with the magic. So he was also convicted of kidnapping and torture in nineteen seventy seven. Jesus. Yep. And then goes to prison. Well, he also escaped three times naturally. Was he
1: torturing Charlie? <laughs> My point is. He's
0: escaped three it is, times. It doesn't
1: seem like a nom guy to you, is what no, you're saying?
0: No, okay. no. But I guess it makes sense if you're a magician and you go to jail. <laughs> if you don't escape, you're not you're doing your fucking, fucking pussy, job. Dude. You What's suck. What's going on here? Well, he allegedly kicked through a concrete wall in a Georgia jail. What? Broke through the gates at South Carolina prison. What? And in 82, check this out. He pole vaulted over a fence at a Utah State prison. What the fuck? None of those things are magic, by the way. But, n- Whoa. 3 time escapee. Whoa. So, that's th- crazy that you can just
1: knock down I mean, I guess back then. <laughs> I think the
0: pole vaulting is the most, <clears throat> you pretty know. Pretty impressive. Impressive? Well, throughout the 70s, he was arrested repeatedly for crimes ranging from burglary to assault, and he gained prominence for karate, his karate skills and sleight of hand tricks, but then of course, national television exposure for what I just discussed to you on yeah. whose line is it or what's my line? What's my line? Claiming he was using psychokinesis to right. turn the book pages. Yeah. yeah. Well, Blowing on it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this is where it gets weird. Okay. He says uh, he claimed he could pass on the gift of psychokinesis to children Ooh. through a special training Oh,
1: technique. this is how he got them in the thing. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so gross. Well, it was shown in 1999 to be a front for his coercing children into performing sexual favors for him, and was a factor in his conviction of sexual assault of a minor. Billy. starting to sound like somebody we know that has a Buddy, sex cult. Everybody, <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think what is, what's his catch line. Uh, uh, it's a free gun, free conscious. Hi Shane, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, he, uh, but the he also was on That's Incredible. Do you remember that show? Might be too, uh, too uh, no. late for you. That was a big one we watched in the early 80s. And uh, he he did... It's like people shooting milk out of their eye and shit. It was like special... <laughs> yeah, and then there was one, I think, called like Special People or something, but yeah. it wasn't about retards. It wasn't about Downies. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hi, Shane. So anyway, <laughs> um, he performed the pencil track, and the host, John Davidson... Um, uh he what he was doing is he was blocking he made him put his hand out in front to block okay. his mouth uh because David the the dude uh John Davidson was like dude you're blowing on it yeah so he put his hand in front of the mouth but um I guess he readjusted the pencil so that it was precarious enough as that it would just a slight manipulation of his hands could you know make it look like it was doing but again he passed it off as telekinesis and right it was all obviously bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, following this nationally televised demonstration of that's incredible, uh, he was unable to prove the supernatural abilities that he claimed, and then confessed to being Aww. a fraud.
1: Cool, well, good for him.
0: Yeah, I don't. They, there was no confession of whether or not his cheap tricks were able to, you know, be the bait for the kids. But it sounds like it pretty right. much was. Like,
1: Ooh, look what me! I can blow up this balloon with barely using anything from my- yeah i love that there was this one dimitri martin joke which is i can move things with my mind when i use my hands <laughs> that sounds accurate
0: <laughs> well uh after randy replicated the pencil trick um Heydrich and randy both appeared on a follow-up show and Hydrick uh was there to demonstrate his telekinesis Randy proved it was just a trick, and Barker and Randy each offered ten grand to Hydrick if he could move the pages under their conditions. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole thing. Yeah, and then of course he blamed it on a static electricity charge.
1: Yeah, you guys are too close to me. You guys are fucking up all my yeah. My uh, nowadays they'll say some shit like it's uh oh it's the micro whatever
0: organisms that are fucking with me. He sat there for 30 minutes trying to do this yeah. trick, though. Yeah, um, yeah, that's how long they filmed it.
1: That's brutal, dude. Can you imagine sweating? the audience? Must have been sweating.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, Randy basically you know, proved he was a fraud right there. Um, in 1981, Heydrich's so-called psychic powers were conclusively exposed as frauds by investigative journalist and professional magician Dan Corum. Heydrich confessed to Corum that he had developed the trick in prison. And that he had not learned it from the Chinese master as he originally claimed. (laughs) Chinese master. Hydra confessed. My whole idea behind this in the first place was to see how dumb America was, how dumb the world is. But wait, it gets worse. There's a whole section here on child molestation on this guy. Oh, God. Well, he was wanted on an outstanding warrant, and he was apprehended by the police after... He was discussing psychopowers on the Sally Jesse Raphael show. Oh, God. So the guy's got a warrant, but he's got to pay the bills. Yeah. And he goes on TV. TV, yeah.
1: So am surprised the cops weren't there to arrest him right when he got out of the studio. Talk to your producers. Do a background check. Well, it's the 70s and 80s and shit. What year is this? This 80s? is 89.
0: Yeah, okay, 89. So after they bust him on Sally Jesse Raphael, um, he was sentenced to 17 years. For molesting five boys in God. Huntington Beach, oh. right down the road from us. Jesus. After serving his sentence, he was remanded to Atascadero State Hospital for treatment under the state's sexually violent predator law. Psychologist Jesus Padilla described Heydrich as an extremely difficult patient who suffers from pedophilia, paraphilia. What's that? You know,
1: it's probably like an age thing. Um, it's like pedophilia is like nine and paraphilia. under, and nine to fourteen is something else, and 15 up to well, 18. And
0: ounce. also antisocial personality disorder. I think
1: we can just drop that one. It's like, it's not that important. He's got antisocial. Like, nobody really gives a fuck at that point. Just
0: solve the other two, and I think we're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Pedophilia? Mm-hmm. Check. Who gives a fuck about the rest? Yeah,
1: anxiety? Take some Xanax.
0: Yeah, you know what? You're going in the hole, but guess what? You get all the Xanax <laughs> yeah. and pills you want. Not the way, Not that hole, not that hole. Hydrick uh, <laughs> petitioned for release in May 2013, but the trial resulted in a hung jury. As of 2021, if you want to write to this piece of shit, he can be found in the Koalinga State Hospital. Okay. Let's write to him. Let's move on. Okay, We meet Professor Richard Wiseman. Now, he's not only a magician, but he's a psychologist. And he says, Randy says the public is being fleeced via trickery. I'm going to tell you what's happening. And more to the point, there is going to be a crusade to try and change the world. Hmm. Well, Randy says, if there is something to the paranormal, let's find out what it is. Yeah. He's like, I'm cool with it, but you can't pass it off as this other bullshit. Yeah. So maybe one day I'll tell you my ghost story. <laughs> you have one or are you talking about Randy? I have one. Yeah. Maybe later. Maybe. Let's see how we're doing time wise. sure. I got a ghost story. Nice. Um, we see him also on a TED Talk show. So it's on, on, I guess it's on YouTube. And you see him chug a full bottle of pills. Oh, God. And he says... I just ingested six and a half days worth of homeopathic sleeping pills. Why don't they affect me? Um, well, we also meet a publisher of Skeptic Magazine by the name of Michael Shermer, and he Oh, said, "Do you know this guy?"
1: Michael Sherms, baby. You know him, dude. He's a he's a lifelong skeptic <laughs> of everything. He went on he went on Rogan to debate Graham Hancock. Okay, on Ske- um, based, ancient civilizations. Uh, yeah, on ancient civilizations, and his point was. Well, did, why does it not have to? It doesn't have to necessarily be a whole other civilization. It can yeah. just be that we hunter gatherers are smarter than we thought.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Graham, Graham Hancock's whole hypothesis is that Homo sapiens are way before the 20,000 year his, beginning. His, he, he thinks that the for
1: well the main thing that I know is that definitely the Sphinx is older than the pyramids. Yeah,
0: but Dr. Robert Schock of Massachusetts proved that years ago with the erosion, Robert Shock, all w- that shit. Proved that,
1: but but was also shunned from from the Society of Geology, like yeah, yeah. shunned from science because yeah, yeah. of it. yeah. And Graham Hancock has is not a scientist; he's a writer, right? So he's not. He's not, uh, they're not as critical on him because he's just a writer and a researcher. Whereas, uh, Dr. Shock and then the other one, I forget his name, they, um, you know, they what about
0: the Egyptian dude that's always on there, Zawahi Aras? Well, Zawahi,
1: but these guys are like, these guys are like government officials. Oh, uh, Doctor Zaw- Zawahi is. I think he was at one point. Yeah, right? probably
0: curator like, of the Museum of Cairo. They got to keep the tickets coming in there. Yeah, right?
1: and so they got to say that that shit's dynastic Egypt. Yeah. So, but, but, uh, but yeah, but uh, Gra- uh, Anthony Gra- uh, Graham Hancock thinks that like yeah, you know, like ten thousand years, twelve, basically twelve thousand years ago, that there was like a giant. Um, like flood,
0: right? But he—if I'm wrong, correct me. But I did watch the Netflix thing. He thinks that the, we were around before the Ice Age. There was yeah, a, there was another the, civilization like forty thousand years yes. ago because of yes. the
1: ca- because of the ca- the cave paintings in France are yeah, yeah, like yeah. forty eight. And then he's got old. some
0: shit down in Indonesia, yep. and then you got Gobliateki, yeah, Gobekli Tepe, which is, we were just talking about yep. this, which is basically um yep. modern day Turkey,
1: but yep. probably ancient
0: Armenia. All right, well, you know what? We will find an episode. Yeah. We need an archaeology episode yeah, anyway. So if you're listening out we there, need a good send us one. Like We're like also good looking one. for
1: a UFO one. But so. like, not something that's so woo woo. We don't need like all the crazy shit. We want good ones. Yeah, and don't send us anything from ancient aliens. Yeah, and something like, but something from like a reputable
0: person. Yeah. Well, I think Grant Hancock probably yeah, no, he is. is safe to say he's reputable, but he also comes out and says, I'm not an archaeologist. Right. These are my theories. Right. Anyway, let's get back to let's Michael Shermer. He says, uh, people say what's the harm? Why do you care about this? Then I saw Randy's answer, which was bad ideas can cause your uh, can cause you serious damage or, or health. Damage damage. <laughs> we don't cut anything out here. We roll with the punches. Randy's answer was bad ideas can cause you serious damage or death. So he's literally saying, you know, it it's very dangerous. To go out there and say this is mental powers, telepathy, when it's clearly just common trickery. Right. Because it could lead to death. Well, Johnny Carson says, the the psychic surgeons, they operate with their bare hands (laughs) and profess to remove uh, tumors, malignant, malignant tissue without any marks at all. Now, have you ever seen these guys?
1: No, I've seen Man on the Moon. Okay. where they they portray that, that kind of thing. So
0: these jokers have been around forever, and Randy goes on the show and basically just says, look, you could do this with 75 cents walking into a magic shop. Now, for those of you listening that aren't familiar... What these guys do is they grab like turkey giblets and yeah. fucking shit from yeah. the chicken, yep. and then they put you on your back mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, you got cancer. I'm just gonna pull it out of your body." Yeah, and you know they're just like working around. It's in a little bag. Yep, and then they got to get it warm, you know, mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel like a cold piece of fucking, fucking giblet. Meat in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then. You they know, pretend like they're stretching it out of their body. It's a body. bag of blood. And then all of a sudden you're on your back and you look up and this guy just pulls out, you know, a foot long piece of like, like tapeworm. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, you cured me. So anyway, Randy shows that that's all bullshit. And then Adam Savage of Mythbusters, uh, he comes on and he says, Randy's point is to tell you that something isn't true. Um, his point is to widen your scope of vision. Savage is the one with the big beard, or the like. The he's the, the blonde one, one, the one with hair. Yeah, he's n- not the one that wears the glasses and yeah, the with beret. the brain. Okay. That's Jamie. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he's crushing it on Carson. You know. Damn,
1: Savage was on Carson. Oh no. No, no Randy. No, okay, my bad, Randy my bad. was a
0: reoccurring Randy, Carson Randy, yeah, yeah, guest yeah, back yeah, in the 70s. I got to go back and look I, I would be interested in seeing some of those.
1: I go back Yeah,
0: there are if you guys do want to go down on Rabbit Hole just was Selick in any of them with him? What's that? Was Selick with him in a Selick? Tom Selick? Yeah. With Randy? Yeah. Or
1: was it You have a fetish? No, no, wait. Who was the one that was always on with uh with Carson? Was it
0: um Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Okay, it was R- Reynolds. <laughs> Is there one with Randy and Reynolds? I didn't see Randy uh, and Reynolds, it. but it sounds to me like you've got a problem. Anyway. <laughs> Sell it. Well, they're, same,
1: they're the fucking same person.
0: Uh, by the way, Smokey and the Bandit and yeah. Smokey and the Bandit 2 are on Netflix. Wow. They're garbage movies. I've never seen either of them. I, watched, I made it like 20 minutes through Smokey and the Bandit. Like a new one? No, the originals. The, but they're them. just garbage. They, anyway. should have been, they should have at least been racist. They are. Yeah. Anyway, we uh, back to Richard Weissman, magician and psychologist. Weak-ass racists. Some people think he's very dogmatic. Well, we see Randy on uh, a Fox segment piece called Alien Deception, and he says it's always some tired person in a shack somewhere in Iowa. <laughs> it really is true. Or Iowa. It's, it's the true. Bill Hicks theory. Um, some place. the Alex like Jones that. theory? No, it's the Bill Hicks theory. That Bill Hicks, is, out? That Bill Hicks is Alex Jones? We're not going there. <laughs> anyway, those are the people that get abducted and they can't wait to go on yeah, Oprah, yeah, Oprah yeah. to describe it. Yeah. And then the interview, another interviewer, he's like a hardcore believer. And he goes, well, I bet you don't even believe in the tooth fairy or Santa Claus. And he's like, I'm actually looking into Santa Claus. <laughs> so,
1: so. dude that fat man movie with mel gibson is one of the best fucking santa claus movies i've ever seen in my what's life what's it called it's called fat man all right it's fucking amazing
0: well richard also says he's a great storyteller and like all good storytellers well there's probably some information and detail in there that may not be appearing in his version of events Ah. well savage continues and he says it is i will say interesting that a man who has devoted his whole life to using the tools of deception to uncover real deception at the center of his life has a deception.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: now we kind of get a little stoking of yeah. maybe there's something going on with Randy. Yeah, he maybe he's uh, projecting. Well, you're going to find out. Now we see a vintage game show. Again, it's to tell the truth. Welcome to Tell the Truth. Let's meet our team of challengers. Now, do you know about Tell the Truth? The format? No. It's three people. They're on there, and they all say the same thing. So we hear number one: "What's your name? My name's Jose Alvarez." Oh, do you have to pick which one's lying or something? Yeah. Number two: "I'm Jose Alvarez." Number three: "My name is Jose Alvarez." I'm one Jose of these. Alvarez. One of these people is the real Jose Alvarez. Who has pretended to be possessed by an ancient spirit? Wow. So anyway, this is our introduction of Jose Alvarez. Well, he's a Hispanic man, 35 years. Uh, Randy's junior, and they live together. Okay. So Randy says, "I first met Jose in Fort Lauderdale at the public library. Uh, I offered to explain something about one of the photographs he was looking at." When well, we meet Jose. Um, and he says I ended up spending the entire afternoon with Randy. We had mutual interests about space exploration. And Randy was like <laughs> Randy was like Wait, wait, wait. what are your uh, what are your interests in space exploration? Buddy, I think at heart we're all interested in space. But
1: like but I don't understand like that's a weird Okay, go on. Sorry. Randy
0: says I remember we looked at books on telescopes. Okay, all right, that's different. Okay. And I told him I had such a telescope at home, the Questar Oh. Pretty good pickup line. Yeah, you want to come back and see my cluster?:: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Jose says I went back to my friends and I said this man is extraordinary. You, ha- I have to meet him again. So, Randy says we were able to go out at night with the tripod. We saw the moons of Jupiter and all kinds of good things, and it was very it's exciting. As much exploration as it is observing. It was, uh, it's, he says it's exciting to show somebody that's never seen something for the first time
1: that I've always
0: wanted to do that. And it's super geeky Yeah, and I've done the cheap telescopes,
1: but they can never get them to stay on any one spot for long enough. It's very difficult.
0: You gotta go big. You gotta go big with those. Um, well, Jose says I got very excited. You know, I said I needed to be with this man more. Um, he does say when I first met Randy, I had no idea who he was. And I was there when he won the MacArthur Award. Um, And do you know what the MacArthur Award is? I've forgotten it right now. Give me a little Simpsons. I didn't know what it was either. It's some kind of writing award? It's a grant. Grant, grant. grant. So um, it's given annually from the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Usually 20 to 30 people get it. Working in any field who have yeah, shown extraordinary, I've heard of extraordinary originality and dedication in their creative pursuits. Are these the same MacArthur's as in MacArthur Park and shit? Uh, probably. Um, but they have a marked capacity for self-direction. Mm. Now, um, any any citizens and residents of the U.S. are open mm-hmm. to receive the award. Uh, according to the website, the fellowship is not a reward for past accomplishment but rather an investment in a person's originality, insight, and potential. But it also says such potential is based on a track record of significant accomplishments. Mm-hmm. The current prize is eight hundred thousand, paid over five years in quarterly installments. Wow! It used to be six twenty-five, and uh, since nineteen eighty-one, exactly one thousand one hundred and eleven people have been named MacArthur Fellows. The mm. age ranges go from anywhere from eighteen to eighty-two. And the award has been referred to as one of the most significant other uh, awards that is truly no strings attached. Yeah. So you don't have to great. go, the CIA isn't recruiting you yeah. and saying, you're working in our lab now. Yeah. Here's your money. You have to go fuck this 14 year old so we have blackmail <laughs> stuff on you. Now, here's the thing you can't apply for the award. award. It's, you can or can't? No, you can't. Somebody has to like nominate you. Nominated by anonymous and confidential. And then they review every year and then they settle on about a dozen people, I think. Um, no, the committee's 12 people and then they make their pick. Hmm. So, and then they call you up and then- I mean,
1: it's a million bucks over five years, pretty much. They call pretty you fucking
0: up good. and they say you won. It's great. My point is, mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to nominate two podcasters mm-hmm. on a breaking new mm-hmm. medium,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I don't say medium, a new genre mm-hmm. of journalism. Genre journalism. Genre journalism that probably is not only uh, should be nominated for a Peabody, mm-hmm. but might be needed to be considered for a Mac- MacArthur Fellowship. Yeah, let's do it. And you wanted to anonymously say, hey, you know, there's this <laughs> My thing- <laughs> name is retard sexual blowtorch. <laughs> I nominate down on the dog. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to Jose.
1: I, I mean, Retard Sexual Blowtorch is literally anonymous. Dude,
0: if there was the most anonymous, I wanted to nom- a nominate for a MacArthur award, it would be <laughs> Retard R- Sexual S- Blowtorch yeah, 68. RSB 68. Um, anyway, Randy ended up getting 273000 for his award in 86. Well, let's go back to Jose. He says Randy had an impact culturally. And little by little, I started getting more and more involved in the investigation of paranormal activities with Randy. And he asked me to play a character of a fake channeler in a project (laughs) that we ended up working together. Okay? So title card's up. Uh, You're going to see a few title cards in the film. It says, The Carlos Hoax. But that didn't even scratch the surface. Remember Hugh Downs? Probably not. Yes. 2020. Mm -hmm. The woman is Jay-Z Knight. (gasps) Was she... She Aroused, (laughs) she she looks like a completely normal woman. She's also the one they called Ramtha, a (laughs) mystic male spirit 35,000 years old who claims to be divine. Yeah, well,
1: I've heard about this. Ramtha, this was a
0: thing in the uh in the 80s. Yeah, Randy says at the time the so called channelers were claiming they could contact dead spirits, right. Not just a few hundred years, but they were going back tens of thousands of years. And they would speak in funny voices like this. And we see a couple of these channelers and one's like, God, God bless you, doctor. God bless you, doctor. And Well, then another, I mean, Lou, uh, sorry, go on. Another, well, I was doing my channeler too. All right, I'll say, how are you this day of your time as you create time to exist? <laughs> I mean, remember Lucy did this.
1: This must have been in the 50s also. Lucy did a parody of a of a fake channeler oh really oh yeah we're like the guy comes in and he's like i want to speak to my tilly she died so many years ago and he's like oh, uh earth to tilly earth to tilly come in tilly and I then could see this being and then the, th- the whole time lucy and ethel think that tilly is his wife it's his cat okay and so obviously they got caught in the
0: end but one like, of the best written shows of all time oh greatest man um greatest. So here's the thing. They this they were they were huge characters at the time, but they're making bank. Yeah. So they're bringing in tons and tons of money. We see one. I have a good question, real quick. Yeah. Are
1: palm readers? Are they just? Are, are they just, gypsies? Are they yes. Just, no. They're those, gypsies. Are those just jerk off huts? Like palm readers? No no, no. 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 They're I not jerk off. I always thought like the hand symbol because they no, always have a hand. No. It's like palm reader. I'm like. They could just go and jerky No, you off they, back pray, there. they
0: pray on the weak and lonely hearted, people that go through breakups. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you, I've been doing a couple <laughs> of <long, okay? laughs> fucking uh, So they there was no offer for a jack. I mean that's for fun. Yeah. You're gonna do it as a goof. You know it sound like it you. wasn't a goof. I was desperate. <laughs> Buddy, I got I so you, I got so dark in my depression uh going through a breakup. I was watching online psychics. I subscribed, oh my I was God. paying
1: them. Oh, you were a pay pig for an online psychic for that's, like a month. That's worse than my month. That's worse than OnlyFans. It dude. was
0: like a month. Only psychics. I was like, this girl's got it. Yeah. I was like, she's nailing me every month. I'll get the paid version. Only hands. I gave her eleven dollars and eleven cents. Like, that's their number they go with because eleven eleven is a magical uh, number. Yes. Also mentioned in this show about 10 minutes ago. Um but I remember my buddy and I were both. She was a girl. I was a guy. We were both going through breakups. <laughs> She's a girl. I'm a guy. <laughs> but we were like, we found each other as support. And then um, she was like, "What do you think about psychics?" And I was like, "Those are garbage people." <laughs> and then just <laughs> like watch this video. And I'm like, Whoa. Whoa! How did it know? How did it know? And it's never met me. <laughs> and it's on it the gen- internet. And it's generic as fuck. Totally. So anyway, for about like two months, we'd watch free videos and. and uh, you were just trying to fuck her. No, no, we did fuck.
1: Well, I mean, you know, oh, I see before a breakup. So you were still like in the, if I
0: keep doing this, maybe she'll come back. Yeah. It it's happens. Right. Okay. There's always one that is going to destroy you, just so you know. Um, anyway, we got through it. I think I ended up giving this psychic maybe 60 bucks over the course of a it's month. Okay. That's so, right. but they did have privates that were like they're three hundred dollars, uh, and I was like, should I get one? No, so I couldn't go there. Chris, I couldn't go there, I'm but I do it. like I was in England and I I found a gypsy psychic on the oh, yeah. street. I palmier. would definitely do that. Shit. You have to do that yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. So, well, anyway. gypsy
1: almost stole my ex
0: girlfriend in Italy when she was four. New band name: Gypsy stole my ex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, anyway, back to these channelers. They're making tons of money, and one of them says um, the Ramtha organization they can earn 200000 just for a single appearance. Well, Merv Griffin interviews Ramtha, a.k.a. Jay-Z Knight, and he's like, you're my first 35,000-year-old guest. And it's just some normal-looking woman, but she's doing the... Speaking in tongues and all this (laughs) shit. So Randy's like, I knew it was garbage, and uh, the technical term is actually bullshit. So we see Barbara Wawa, and... um, she mentions, you know, this Rantha person and describes her... Wait, as, does she own Wawa? No. <laughs> like, Do you know who Barbara Walters is? Yeah. She, back in the day, they would call her Barbara Wawa for messing up. Oh, uh, okay. so So uh, somebody... I can't remember who parried her. It was probably Gilda Radner. But yeah, it was. And Barbara Walters
1: like, was the first one to make me, like, cry. Like, watching something... Like, a serious thing on television. Yeah. And Do you I remember what it think, was? I think it was... Something to do with Kosovo? Oh, the genocide? Something like that. Like I just remember like being like really young and like crying at like I didn't cry at Bambi or any of that bullshit,
0: but for some reason Barbara Walters at like age eleven like yeah. made me cry about Kosovo. Okay, weird. Uh, I was in college getting drunk, didn't even know what was going on in Kosovo. <laughs> yeah. um, so she identifies this as the New Age movement. Barbara does as part of the New Age movement, and the magician and psychologist uh, Richard Wiseman says. Lots of people believe this is something genuine because they're seeing it on television and they think, My goodness, surely this journalist would have checked this out. Well, they show this Rampha person from In Search of. Do you remember ever hear the no. show? Leonard Nimoy hosted it. Um, and you know. They're talking about trauma. I actually do know what you're talking about. Trauma from past life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that spills over into the present. Well, Randy says, we are conditioned to believe that things that look like documentaries but are not factual must essentially be true or it wouldn't be presented if it wasn't factual. Now, here's something that I say all the time. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Ancient Aliens does this amazingly well. (laughs) They're best at it. They are prose.
1: And they're on the History Channel. I
0: know. But I can watch that and be like, "Why isn't this front page news?" <laughs> I can be like, um, "Why are we not at you know Mount Ararat right now? What, maybe, grabbing Noah's Ark?"
1: Maybe this has something to do with the Saudi Arabian shit we were talking about earlier, which, which will be them, on next week's episode uh, yes. or the week after. Yeah, which is about well, why would they be interested in a, in a Christian thing if yeah. they're Muslims? And it's maybe it's about hiding the history.
0: But the point is this. I love Unsolved Mysteries, and I take it for what it was. That was my favorite show growing Such up. Such a great fucking show. And by the way, if you want to watch them, Film Rise has redone them all, and you can watch them on Amazon. Uh, they were free for a while. Wow. I binged them all. Um, but the point He's is... He's so good. He's the legend. What's the his point, name? Robert Stack. Robert Stack. The point is, Ancient Aliens is very good at this, mm-hmm. because sometimes they will take subjects that are... Um, factual like the pyramids sure but then they will go off into uh angels and demons sure and uh, werewolves and monsters but if you're conditioned to watching the show and you believe something is true that you know is true yeah but then it's presented in another format then they start getting you and you're just rolling your eyes yeah and And if you're baked forget about right
1: and and i know we're we're kind of uh lagging on this so i'll make this quick but like This is the issue with the flat earthers and the (laughs) Egyptian people, which is when whatever science doesn't know, people literally just make it up and theorize. And that's the most fun part of conspiracy theories. Gotcha. You know what I mean? It's the you take the truth, you find the gaps And then you fill in the gaps with whatever you think. Right. And that's the fun of it.
0: Yeah. And then maybe you make a podcast, make a bunch of money, make a bunch of money, sell some (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. Okay. Let's get back to the Carlos hoax. Oh, man. So Jose says the Carlos host started when 60 Minutes Australia called Randy because they wanted to prove that these channelers were a hoax. So on the phone call, Randy told them, You can't prove that someone who said they're inhabited by a spirit 40,000 year old is a false claim. Right. What he said to them was, what we will do is just create our own false, you know, uh, profit. So we see a 60 minutes. Ramtha. They're going to create their own Ramtha. Announcer with a tie. So, wait, Ramtha is an actual like a historic kind of a thing. Like Ramtha an ancient- was this fucking woman that was played by TK. What's her name? Uh. And it looked like a normal blonde housewife. Oh, but she claimed that she had thirty five thousand. Okay, old- but like in other words, is like
1: is there an? I was just curious if there's like an yeah. ancient text. Of like a... Didn't get into it. Th- of a lot, okay.
0: Didn't get into it. Got it. We're, we're, I, now I want to get into it, so <laughs> I'll do that after the show. <laughs> By the way, do you know how many times I finish our show, and then I'm like, I got to go Wikipedia something, and I'm like, there's another hour I could have <laughs> talked about. I know. Anyway, we see a 60 Minutes announcer. Title card, this is 60 Minutes Australia. Um, 60 title, Minutes. Title, <laughs> 60 Minutes Brisbane. By the way, thank you for correcting my Brisbane uh Pronunciation. Brisbinian So the the title card says The Teachings of Carlos. A man stands, he's got his arms spread, and it's of course our friend Jose Alvarez okay. playing Carlos. I'm Jose. And he says His name is Carlos, and you've probably seen him on television or mentioned in the press. As someone different. Carlos is involved in the mystical field of channeling. Uh Carlos, if you believe him, is a spiritual messenger who occupies the body of this 19-year-old Puerto Rican artist, Jose Alvarez. So we see Jose playing Carlos. He's sitting on a pillow. He's preaching. Huge crowd around him. People are like, whoa. Okay. Well, Randy says the Carlos hoax was to show that the media would fall for any of these stunts if they sounded attractive enough. They wouldn't investigate too carefully. So the first thing we did is we introduced Carlos to the public. We made up a press pack that went to all the Australian press. We invented newspapers and magazines that never existed. Keep in mind this is way before computers. Sure. So they're copy they're going to fucking kinkums yeah. creating so whatever food- they had by right. <laughs> Correct. Theatrical magazines, he says, particularly announcing the appearance of the great Carlos at such and such place at a theater that didn't exist. But he says no one in the media bothered to check up on one of the details.
1: Man, the people used to be so good at taking construction paper and other shit, cutting him up into shapes and then taping it. What photocopy. You, you're talking about
0: serial killers when they send ransom. No, letters. no, no.
1: Just like in general, like for like parties and <laughs> right, shit, right. like they would make parties, right. uh, party the flyers and, ah, I don't the internet. You get an It's so invite. crazy, man. Yep, we I to, agree. We used to do crazy shit like that. His man.
0: point is, all crazy they had to shit, do, to call it. all they had to do was make one phone call to any of these sources that were listed and say, "Hey, tell us about the the, you know, the Great Carlos." So he even had shitty sources on there that He had numbers on there. Of people that didn't believe him at all. No, the point is he gives all this press to the Australian press. Yeah, creates a whole tour that right, Carlos right, to right, go right, on. Right, right, charges right. tickets. Yeah, nobody did a background check on Carlos. I know. They just assumed and and he was gave fact. and he gave them the yeah. references. He said that, here, that call was, all these people.
1: And they And they, nobody. And if you would have called them, they would if have. It's over. Said, it's over in a heartbeat. And each one of them would have said, "This guy's full of shit. Don't hire." Him.
0: Or more importantly, <laughs> we don't even know who you're talking about. Yeah, good point. Because you just created all this bullshit. Oh, I see what you mean. My bad. Yeah. So anyway. The Australian reporter says one man who's been making a name for himself uh, is, you know, blowing up in the United States and now has made it to Australia. Jose Luis Alvarez, a 19-year-old channeler. Hmm. Um, By 60 hours after they had arrived, they had eight major TV appearances, headlines in newspapers, and everyone in Australia knew that Carlos was in town. That's crazy. So, you know... Uh, we see Carlos in like a vintage, you know, uh, theater and he's shrieking, it will be astronomical in nature. <laughs> and it's just fucking random, like gibberish she's yeah. shouting out. And Jose playing Carlos says, frankly, I was just doing it without thinking because Randy's coaching but him. But is he
1: doing anything? Is he actually like slide a hand? He's not doing any tricks or no, anything? No, no tricks. And what is it? And Randy's coaching Randy's, him on
0: what? L- Randy's in the backyard going like arms bigger. Uh, put your knees out more on the pillow. Just so is this
1: is this like now starting to talk shit, like go got, go into Randy's like dark
0: past or like his bullshit no, past? No,
1: no, so That's going to
0: come later. I'm just a little confused at what he's doing with this what guy. What he's doing is he's creating a fake guru uh-huh. to go sell tickets to okay. that claims to be a faith healer and channeler. Oh, I thought he didn't like that stuff. Though. He doesn't. He's okay. doing it to prove that it's a fucking hoax. Oh, because he can't okay. disprove the fact that the person Ramtha isn't 45,000 okay, years old. okay So okay. his whole plan is I'll just create a fake one and show you that anybody can do it. Got I can't it. disprove what you're doing, but I can show you it's very easy to fake. Well Australian reporter, they're like last Sunday the Opera House was packed near capacity 500 to listen to Carlos and to have their questions passed on to him by his disciples. So, Carlos on the pillows, he's got an assistant next to him. Carlos, crystals are fossils from long ago. <laughs> that's a pretty good line, though. It's <laughs> yeah, a, <laughs> a good line. This Australian guy walks out and he's like, I definitely know he saw a kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking idiot.
0: It's something that I can feel coming from him. <laughs> this woman. Ooh, I could, f- I could feel it. This woman. I thought he was really great. Oh. Very sincere. Do you believe him? Yeah, I do, actually. Well, Uh, the uh, following uh, uh, Sunday, 60 Minutes... I wonder who the first crystal bitch was. That crystal... The first crystal hose. I don't know who the first crystal hose is. The only crystal hose I can't deal with are the ones that think crystals are deodorant. Okay? (laughs) Crystals are never going to be deodorant, girls. Anyway, 60 Minutes reveals this whole thing. And they say, he built himself as a man of the supernatural a man who could do amazing things, and thousands believed him, making him a celebrity. But it was all elaborate hoax. The most basic fact about Carlos was that he simply didn't exist. That's the real teaching of Carlos. But this doesn't even scratch the surface of what a phony Carlos is. Now, that is a very loaded line. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it's foreshadowing on brilliant filmmaking. So keep that in your thoughts and listeners when I say... That doesn't even scratch the surface of just what a phony Carlos is. Well, Randy says, though I had just a year or so before this Australian event, uh, I'd actually met Jose Alvarez just a year before. I was really pleased at what it did for our relationship because it really cemented it well. We decided after that that we belong together. So they no. like each other at least. He's they're, not. There's no like a resent for this lovers, guy. They're lovers, companions, partners for life. Oh, now he's young. I would say there's a 35 year gap.
1: Well, hold on. Are you are you saying that they're gay? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Big?
0: No big. No. 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 I just yeah. I was curious. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos if you, if you, if is a man. Yeah, no, yeah. I know so, that. Okay. I'm just I mean. I wasn't sure what you meant by. Carlos, I when they met when he was 20. I want to say Randy was like 55. So I'm guessing um, it was a 35 year gauge gap. Yeah, that's why you said 35 years the younger. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Just want to make sure. Well, let's <sighs> do a, another title card. Randall James Hamilton Z- Zwinge, born 1928, Toronto, Canada. We're going to get a little background on Randy's life. He says when he grew up, he realized he was different. Um, and it was evident that who he was was frowned upon. And he says he felt, grew up as an outsider. He says his dad only talked to him twice in his whole life. Oh. Um, and he was surprised both times his dad did it, but he was self-educated. Uh, he grew up in Toronto and he was allowed to go and come from school whenever he wanted. He just had to show up and take tests. So he wandered around Toronto during the days and stumbled into a place called the casino theater. And he saw the great Blackstone and he said, I'd never seen a magician before in my whole life. And Harry Blackstone walked out on stage and did wonderful things. I never dreamed of. He had this woman walk out to the side of the stage, cast her in a trance and said, princess Astra rise. And we see video of this vintage fifties video. And the woman's just rising up from the air. And Randy's trying to figure out how this is working. He's like, I don't see wires. I don't, I don't see how this could happen. I'm transfixed. And that's when he decides I'm going to be a professional magician. So at 17, um, he joins the carnival. He runs away and joins the carnival. Yeah, uh, Didn't graduate from high school and never came home again. And he was doing, at the time, he referred to mind reading tricks and psychic tricks And uh, he introduced himself as a magician. He'd say to the audience, good evening. My name is the great Randall. I'm a liar, a cheat, and a charlatan. I will blatantly lie to you, but for purposes of entertainment only. And those lies may not be discernible from the truth. And again, we're going to bring Penn back in here because we're giving context on Randy. He says, Randy has this sense of trying to be bigger than life. Uh, And the easiest way to do that is lie. So mm-hmm. there is a little deception here. Yeah. We see a newspaper article. This isn't the big deception, but he claims he could read minds uh, and possessed uh, a combination of telepathic, uh, telepathic, Tele- telepathic, 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 clairvoyant, and prophetic senses. Um, he also claimed at the time that he possessed extrasensory perception. That's ESP. Yes. Yep. Yep. When he was when nine years old. ESP. Well. And when he's 21, he predicts the outcome of the World Series between mm. the Yankees and the Dodgers. This uh. is before they had those guys saying for 1999, yeah. I give you the score, you
1: know. <clears throat> yeah. Call, call this week. We've got a preloaded message for you, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then they, half the people get it right, half the people get it wrong. and they just bank on those people exactly. calling back next week for the other half. Two for the money. Yeah, you, uh, you basically
0: have two recordings going. No, I was saying the uh, movie. The Al Pacino, I know,
1: but what I'm saying, no, I know. Oh, it's you're true. just saying
0: you have two separate <laughs> no, you have two separate recordings, yeah, yeah it just
1: makes sense. You have so every other call is a different, like they you get both sides, so you hope you bank on half of them getting the right the right outcome and calling back next week.
0: Well, the thing is, when he predicts the world series, he says it moved, launched my career. Uh, but he said, like, it, how closely did he predict it? I guess he nailed it, he wow. got the winner. I don't know if he
1: got exact games, but you know. I mean, was there already like was it already like was it already gonna be Yankees Dodgers when he predicted it? No, no, it was probably (laughs)
0: just when it got down to the last two. So it was a 50-50 shot. (laughs) The worst. The Yankees are gonna win in six games. Right. Well, the thing is, he said there was fallout though, because people would stop him on the street and they'd start asking personal questions, family questions, things they thought I could answer. And they started offering me money to predict whether the husband that the girl had chosen was the right one. Um, and he said it was a comeuppance for me because I realized people believe this nonsense. Wow. You know, he's like, I just got lucky and picked the fucking Dodgers Yankees.
1: Yeah. This is like comedians and their Patreons, the same shit. Well, this <laughs>
0: fucking doing it. Even it's garbage, but it's still going to do it. Uh, We will never have a garbage patron. No, we won't. Uh, So we're going to meet a magician by the name and author of Jamie Ian Swiss. He says mentalism can be a deal with the devil. It's an incredibly seductive feeling for someone to imbue you with that power. It's a very tempting thing. And Wiseman expands and says, then you have to make a decision. Are you the sort of person that will look someone in the eye And even though you have no idea what their future holds, you're prepared to tell them something that isn't true that could harm them just to move money from their wallet to yours. You do not have that influence and power as a magician. You have it the moment you deny you're a magician. And Penn says, I know the surge of power that you feel when you use a cheap trick to manipulate someone else into thinking you have powers that you don't have. And I think it's very much to the good of the world that when Randy felt that power, he backed away from it. And out of that feeling of the power came a rage, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, do you know who Yuri Geller is? No. Have you ever heard the song uh, of Toad the Wet Sprocket? no yeah i'm too old they had a great song called nancy but it, there was a line in it that goes i can't believe you you bend your words like Yuri geller's spoons oh is it the
1: spoon bender spoon man the one that does it with his thumb he like bends it with his thumb or some shit you're gonna hear it all okay
0: so let's go to 1973, shall let's we? Let's
1: go to 1973. Okay, how old were you? I was, I was uh, gonna be born in This is the first years. time I ever said this. 12 I, years. I was negative two. Yeah,
0: negative 12. Okay, so anyway, we see a talk show host, and it's the 70s, man. Okay, these talk shows are daytime talk. It's They're garbage people. There's yeah. not a lot going on. Keep in mind, they only had four fucking channels back then. Yeah. So you'd think it would be quality, but it's not. So uh, this talk show host says, I want to introduce you to Yuri Geller. Mm. He's been denounced by some people as a magician, and certainly he's a showman. He gives demonstrations all over the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, Yuri Geller, tremendous applause. Ah. Well, Randy says, they said his name was Yuri Geller. The name didn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. Well, he came to the attention of the Stanford Research Institute. And scientists there are apparently quite convinced that he has psychic powers. Well, Yuri says, what I do is telepathy. Mm-hmm. And that is everybody knows he's receiving thoughts and passing thoughts. And then I have the power, which I, I read... They call psychokinesis, mm. and that power is moving or bending or breaking objects. Well, we see him holding the fork, and he's holding it up, and he's like, "You see? You see? Oh, it's cracking! I feel it under my fingers. See how gently it goes? Like, look, it's it's like plastic." <laughs> and the talk show host, he's like, "Oh my God, it's breaking! Wow, it's metal. breaking!" And he's like, yeah, you can look. It's it, And then the fork breaks into and falls to the ground. Wow. And the audience are just mind-blowing. Oh, my god! It's gosh. like a dumb Simpsons audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, wow! So, go on. So, you know, this had never been seen on television okay. before. Well, let's meet experimental psychologist Ray Hyman. Okay. He says in 1972... I got a call from Colonel Austin Kibler of the Defense Department, then acting head of ARPA. Yeah. Okay. Wow. AARP. You know what it is? Not, it's not for the old people. Oh,
1: it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's is it DARPA before? It was, I think it's DARPA before, before ARPA. ARPA before DARPA?
0: ARPA stood for the Advanced Research Projects Agency. Yeah. Sounds, Feds. Like, sounds like it's like DARPA before DARPA. It's CIA. He's a, He got a call from the colonel. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, he says, hey, man, do you mind dropping everything you're doing <laughs> and uh, just go over to the Stanford. Go stare out goats for a little bit. Yes. We're going to need you to go down to the Stanford Research Institute. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a psychic down there, and uh, if he can do what he claims he can do, we need to be involved. <laughs> yeah. We need to hook him up to some shit. Furthermore, he says, because the Russians, they have a pretty big performance program going on now using what they call psi warfare." Right. This is Manchurian candidate shit. Yep. Okay. And his name is Yuri. Yuri. Just for for full disclosure, he does talk with that accent, which I'm going to call an Israeli accent. Mm -hmm. That's my Israeli accent. Okay. Is he Israeli? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Well, we see vintage film from the study because they filmed all these studies at the Mm -hmm. Stanford Research Institute in 72, and they're very droll. You hear the narrator, this film describes a five-week investigation conducted at Stanford Research Institute with Yuri Geller, a young Israeli. <laughs> Here we present a case of a double-blind experiment in which someone places an object into a can chosen at random from 10 aluminum cans. Geller's task now is to determine which of these 10 cans holds the steel ball bearing. Yep. Well, you see, it's a little tray. Yeah. There's a tray, and they're like little film rolls. Okay. Oh, yeah. They put a ball <clears throat> inside the can. Yeah. But all the cans are in a tray. Sure. And he's just hovering his hand over them like this. Right. Well, Randy says, time out. Targ and Pudoff, these are the names of the the researchers, the two scientists who were in residence there at the time, they're quite a pair. First of all, Targ is legally blind. Oh, God. (laughs) And He's one of the chief observers. What the fuck? Duh. Well, the narrator... He has made his choice. The steel ball has been found. Wow. Well, Randy says he fooled the pants off him. It was astonishing. And these physicists, they're dreaming of Nobel Prizes. Because if you discover that there really are psychic powers, that would certainly bring you a Nobel Prize or two. Yeah. Well, we see this is the next test. Probably just one, because I don't think you wouldn't do. I think you share it. You know, it's like Watson and Crick. You can share it. Yeah, yeah, you can share it. Yeah. You, the fuckers discovered DNA. They only got one. Watson yeah. and Crick. Yeah, you can
1: put up to four names on it. Oh, is that the rule? Every year. Really? Yeah, you get to put four names on it. Or I don't remember if you can put four or two names on it. Something like that. I don't remember exactly. But you can only put a certain number of names on it. Right. And then the rest of the people just get fucked.
0: No shit. Yeah, they're they're just considered research assistants. No, they're just not even observed in the Nobel Prize, even though they're doing all the groundwork.
1: Like yeah, like it'll go to the it'll have the four names of the people, and it'll have the name of the organization, and you can say you were part of that organization. Well, Dave, you're in
0: luck. Give me a little Simpsons uh, intro, because I happen to have a Simpsons episode devoted to the Nobel Prize. Ah, let's hear it. I'm fucking kidding. Ah. I don't get that deep now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. So. Um, they show another test, and it's a lead box because just like Superman, psychics can't go through lead. Correct. You would think, I guess. So they're like, um, what, uh, what's in the box, Geller? Yeah, I don't know why. What's in the box? (laughs) (laughs) I guess they use lead because it's like because they watch Superman. They're just assuming. (laughs) It's a good point. They're assuming that. Psychics may be able to read our minds, but they can't go through, <laughs> through lead. lead. <laughs> so, so they're like, there is a, uh, a six sided die in this box. Okay, and uh, Geller has been um, staring at the box. Uh, he's been waving his hand around the box, yeah. and uh, he has chosen the number four. <laughs> okay. Well, they open up the box. Yeah. It's the number fucking four. All right. Well, uh, R- Ray Hyman says. When I made my report to the government that Geller was a complete fraud, Targ and Pudoff, they realized they're not going to get any money from the government. Wow. So they take Geller on a publicity tour to get private funding to do their research. This is weird, odd stuff. Well, keep in mind, if the government says we're not interested... They got to know it's bullshit. Yeah, because they've. Here's the thing, man. Did you ever see that movie Salt with Angelina no. Jolie? No, but and they raise her uh, as it's kind of like yeah. the American. I know what it's about, though. It's deep cover. Yeah. So here's the thing: if the government's not involved, they they're they're always ten steps ahead of research centers. Yeah. The, the common, I think, wisdom is is that they the government take the, patents up right, but the government outsources. Uh, contracts to, you know, business and whatever. Not when it comes to fucking dark arts. Not, yeah, not, okay? not the real You don't future. go to, to, to universities. Build nu- yeah, you don't have Raytheon build you a nuke. Correct. You don't go to uh, universities to say, um, you know, uh, we need a Manchurian candidate yeah. to go ki- assassinate for this coup d'etat down in Honduras. Okay. You you keep that in-house. You're based as fuck this whole episode. Buddy, you keep that in-house yeah. at what's known as the farm yeah. in Quantico, yep. okay? Yep. I've seen yep. the recruit. Yep. yep, yep. All right, anyway. Um, so they got to get private funding because these researchers... Now, keep in mind, at the time, Ray doesn't say why it's a fraud. He did, They don't expose this in the film either. Well, uh. Uh, Guess who's back? Mr. Carson. (laughs) Uh, I've been... uh, Hey, Johnny. I've been reading a lot of research uh, (laughs) uh, on this gentleman. Tonight we have a man, this is wild stuff. Uh, He's from the Stanford Research Institute. uh, I also read in the the New York Times Science section. Yeah. Uh, A lot of publicity on this gentleman, whose name is Yuri. That's U-R-I Geller. And uh, we we hope we're going to see some rather astounding uh, things tonight. Uh, would you all please welcome Yuri Geller, yeah, And we get a huge applause. Yeah. Well, Randy says, <laughs> Randy says, you got to remember at the time, Johnny Carson was the man. Now, yep. Carson. 60
1: million a night or what was it? 30 million a night? Something
0: insane. Yeah. Well, Carson was also an amateur magician. And I didn't know this. I didn't know that either. Yeah. and Is that how
1: he used to roofie
0: his ladies too, maybe? Did Johnny Carson get me too and I didn't hear about it? I mean, no. Yeah. He's just a drunk, I guess. He did love to drink and smoke. Well, the thing is, he was an amateur magician and he was very... uh, Hey, I did not get into this car accident. Well, and here's the irony. This is a little offside. He had done the Karnak... Do you remember when he'd hold the envelope up to his head? Oh, yeah. Okay, that is a mentalism act in its right. own. Right. So it's called um, the one above, where you know the one, the, what's written in the paper behind it, right. behind it, and so you're always one ahead of it. Right. That's the Karnak trick. Interesting. It's a mentalism trick. Yeah. So the irony, of course, is that he was doing his own mentalism act at the same time. Nice. So anyway, Randy says, everybody watched... Uh, NBC and, and that show. And I'd been on the program many times. Well, they call Randy up and they were like, we, we need your advice. Cause we've got Yuri Geller coming on the show and they say, can you make it? And he's like, it's short notice. I can't be there, but I'll talk to your prop man. And here's what you're going to do. He needs to follow my instructions on how he presents the props that in a way I can tell you if it's real or if it's a fake, hmm. and if he can do it, he's a psychic. But if he can't, then I know it's full. Of, he's full of shit. Okay. So we see Yuri in the hot seat next to Johnny. Okay. And before him, we see those. It's a tray actually. There's a table and there's the twelve aluminum cans. Okay. A couple spoons off to the side. All right. Some other shit. All right. Um. And Carson says, uh, Yuri, are you uh, feeling in the mood? Right. Uh, uh, no, no more questions. And Geller's like, "All right, let's let's go." Carson's like, "What's the capital of uh, South Dakota?" Crushing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I, "I don't mean to press you. This is wild stuff." <laughs> so, Geller, of course, waves his hands over the canisters, and he's like, "Okay, um, hmm, ah, eh, ah." Uh, uh, Well, Randy says, I said, okay, here's what I want you guys to do. You take those aluminum film cans, and I want you to coat the bottoms of them with rubber cement, but you don't glue them to the tray. Just coat them and let them dry. And then when you put them- don't tell me his ring was a magnet. Well, he says, when you put them on the tray- they won't. He didn't have a ring. Very good call, though. When you put them on the train, that's the, the thing that's called the father.
1: Oh, it is. It's like a thing and something like that. Like the the magnetic ring. Yeah. Is like a thing that's something about something about your father or something. It has to do with like some old magic trick. Yeah. So like Pen Pen talks about this in one of his uh, one of their shows, and then like he points to like the the magnetic ring thing. Well,
0: he says once you put that rubber cement on them they won't skid on the tray right cuz he says the way he does the film can thing is he will rotate the tray and he sees which ones move differently right so i
1: figured i figured they wouldn't even let him touch the tray that's I was what about ask, I was thinking. I was about to ask you that if they yeah. let, like I wouldn't let him touch the fucking tray nothing because well, I was, keep, was thinking
0: about all the different ways you can get those little things to move. keep in mind these scientists obviously let him f- touch the fucking tray because one of yeah. them is blind yeah and the other one's got Nobel Prize on the brain yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, I didn't see you bump the table so anyway, Geller says, we'll start eliminating the ones that do not have the water Carson's like without touching them. <laughs> Uh, and Geller's getting nervous. He's like, he's really suspicious, you know? I'm having a hard time with you. And Carson says, I I, I don't mean to, Yuri. I yeah. uh, I really don't. Uh, and he's like, just keep looking. <sighs> and then he slumps back in his chair, and he's like, okay, let me re- rest a little. Carson's like, all right. And uh, Randy says, they shut the set down for 20 minutes while they hummed and hawed, and wondered how he was gonna do something. Uh, and this is interesting. Then they come cool. back from a live audience after an extended commercial break. Well, we're back. Wow. Carson's chain smoking. Okay. Now, was it ever live, live? Yeah, it was live. Live, live. Oh no, 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 no. no, no. no, no. Okay. It was always like five o'clock got it, tape. Got it, got it, got it. Well, Carson's chain smoking on the edge yeah, of the yeah, sea. Yeah. He's like, uh, you're uh uh you're always telling us at the break uh, that uh, what was it Yuri? you don't feel strong tonight yeah i don't i don't, <laughs> I I don't, don't feel it.
1: strong it's, there must be the lights or something i don't
0: feel strong well geller according to randy said at this point he's got he he's got to give the whole thing up he knows that he's been duped and it was a real failure for him and because carson's people followed my instructions that i gave to them he couldn't do it and you know they go back together, and he's like, "Oh, th- don't be disappointed." Uh, uh, Carson's like, "Okay, uh, this is wild. This is never. This is stuff." <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can. That's my go-to when I just yeah, yeah. don't have anything to say for sure, Carson. Sure.
1: Wild and stuff. Didn't he do some like weird like dance too? Like where he that's his Steve hands- Martin. Oh, okay. That's Steve Martin. Okay. Do
0: the uh, King Tut thing. Ah, uh, the King Tut thing. So, uh, Randy says we were convinced he didn't have a future and boy, were we wrong. We were very, very wrong. We didn't know how wrong we were. So we're going to switch gears. We're going to bring up a title card that says the amazing Randy. If a man can make it, I can break it. Well, Randy did tons of escapes on 50s TV shows, tons of them. Uh, in Canada, like he did stuff on the Today Show. Well, Savage says that Randy's greatest hero was Harry Houdini. And the life of Houdini reads very similar to Randy's. Mm. They both started out as amazing magicians and escape artists. They're both showmen and debunkers. And Houdini dedicated his life to keep a, to keep from duping people. So he was very upfront. He's like, this yeah. is magic, man. Well, Randy says, the thought naturally occurred to me that I could base a good deal of my life on Harry Houdini and his adventures, perhaps to do some of the things that he had done and perhaps even improve on him. Well, we see him escape from the inside of a safe, like he's locked in a safe. Mm. It's pretty, st- pretty impressive stuff. He does the, uh, the old uh, sealed coffin trick inside the metal coffin. Okay. And he says, yeah. I-, I wanted to break all his records. I wanted to stay in a sealed metal coffin longer than he did. Get out of a straight jacket faster than he did. Out of chains, out of leg irons, out of handcuffs. And I said, if a man could make it, I would break it. Well, we see newspaper headlines from all of his feats. Um, they also show something really cool. They uh, this is, It's so hysterical. He's on a talk show. They, they wrap him up. And okay clearly he's tied behind the ropes are tied behind his back oh I and they're know. gonna time it i already know what trick this is yeah and then he's doing it and they're like okay are you ready and uh he like sneezes or something no no he's like are, are you guys ready start the start the clock and they're like we don't have a clock and he just pulls out his hand <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and he's like do you want to use mine yeah, yeah. he breaks out of it immediately yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. great gag yeah yeah so or
1: like the best is like all right let's put the handcuffs on top like they put the handcuffs on and they put the put the thing on top, like a, like a cloth over the hands. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, no let's, let's change. Let's move yeah. it over here a little bit. And, <laughs> and they put and the, and the people like,
0: oh, ah! it's, 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 it's the m- best gag. It's very impressive, impressive stuff. He did the ice trick where he was entombed in a block of ice.
1: Wow. So fucking, what's his name? Jock David disaster? Blaine. Blaine. Jock yeah. All
0: this stuff has been wow, done before. What the fuck? Well, um, he breaks world records at this point. um, and he did, uh, he broke himself out of 200 feet of rope ch- uh, strapped to a chair live on television. And he says, You just hope that the theater doesn't catch fire because they're likely to leave you behind to fry. But it's when some of the things like hanging over Niagara Falls in a straight jacket at 20 below zero that gets your attention. Well, they show this. He yeah. did this. Yeah. He's hanging above Niagara Falls, the, right at the water's edge upside down in a straitjacket breaks out of it wow well it's time did to... you ever see the daily Blaine thing with the balloons yeah it's pretty I, cool dude i remember being in college yeah and he did the lincoln center on the water thing yeah and i walked over and and was like i think he was under there for like a day and a half it's crazy and you know you know you've been in, you've taken a bath yeah i think uh you get pruned yeah i'm like I don't remember how long be a he was mommy. in there, but people would just go by and like touch the glass bulb he was in. It yeah. was like a really big deal. It's cool. But yeah, I mean, the the balloon thing is pretty cool. But What's it's the not balloon like, thing? It's
1: not magic. I mean, he like he basically was uh, like, he basically had like a thing strapped to his hand yeah. where he was holding a shit ton of balloons. Uh-huh. And it's kind of holding him across like state lines. He like flew oh, it's holding like up. It's like a shit ton of balloons. Yeah. Like, yeah, <clears throat> they're, you know, they're, they're all chained together and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's enough helium to get him up in the air and just enough to like fly over. But he is mean, pretty cool. Cool thing. It's not a magic trick, but like, it's like yeah, it's a discipline. Yeah. It's like a discipline kind of a thing. Well, so, um, it's a really
0: daredevil even. It's time to meet mentalist Banachek, uh, a.k.a. Steve Shaw. Okay. You ever hear him? Nah. You're going to hear a lot about him in this. Um, Maybe if I saw it, like, was he ever on television for, like, the mentalist shit? I'm pretty sure he was. He And he's a cool dude. He's normal. He's obviously not a uh, creepy magician. Yeah. There's creepy magicians out there. You <laughs> know, like, Mur- I hate to say it, but, like, Murray from Pawn Stars, he creeps me out a little bit. He's the one Ooh. that... He's the one that the, the dorks always call in when they're like, can you authenticate this Harry Houdini shit?
1: Uh, yeah. He's a fair, but he's
0: super talented, but he he gives me the crepes. Yeah. Anyway, he says... I don't like people who wear purple too much. Well, or it's capes and purple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was nothing he couldn't get out of uh, or make it seem like he was getting out of them. So... Uh, we're also going to meet Alice Cooper. I like Patrice O'Neal in purple. <laughs> Patrice can wear whatever he wants. Uh, could. So wait, to me, May he yeah, rest in peace. Yeah.
1: In that fucking <laughs> piano-sized... Uh, Jacket? Piano-sized coffin he had to put in his ass in.
0: Hey, at least it didn't have wheels on it. Grand- like, like that one from oh, uh, yeah. that uh, episode. Uh, okay, you know who Alice Cooper is? The singer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in 73, Alice goes on tour with Billion Dollar Babies. Okay. Uh, and he said, this album is about extravagance, so we want to take it to the next level, bring illusion to the stage performance. And if you're going to cut your, get your head cut off, it can be scary and funny at the same time, but it's got to be professional. So you got to go to the best guy. And Amazing Randy was the best guy. So we see Alice Cooper his head's in a guillotine and Randy would go on tour with them and play the executioner in all of these stage shows. Okay. And then Alice's head gets cut off and you know, it's bloody and whatnot. And then he was in a video with Alice Cooper, uh, played some like dentist guy. And Randy's like, I never heard of Alice Cooper. I thought yeah. it was a, a woman. Um, And I said, yeah, it'd be fun. So, this point, he really becomes a pop culture icon. Hmm. He makes it on Happy Days, dude. Wow. So, the Fonz? Yep. Wow. He's hanging from, uh, 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 a you know, upside down on a straitjacket and introduces himself as the amazing Randy. And Fonz is like, hey, <laughs> the amazing Randy. <laughs> God. Uh, And that appearance on Happy Days boosted his career. You want to help me uh, jump this shark? (laughs) This is before the shark got jumped. And, you know, uh, Fonzie's like, hey, thanks a lot. You really saved the day. (laughs) God. (laughs) Are you kidding? Whoa. (laughs) Jesus. Um, But he realized what it was. He said, this is show business. Uh, I'm a showman. And, you know, that's one respect in which... I based a good deal of my efforts on what Houdini had done. He'd done it by trial and error, and I benefited from his example. Now, are you familiar with a very popular Houdini trick called the milk can escape? No, but tell me. Okay, well, there were metal milk cans in the day. Okay. And then they would put like six locks around them on the outside. Okay. uh, And it was one of Houdini's big things. All Right. So... He's going to replicate the milk can escape. And this is 1987, all right? So I was one years old. He's on the talk show, 12 here. Uh, He's on the show, and he introduces the act, and he says this was invented uh, uh, more than a half a century ago by the great Harry Houdini, and I was asked to show uh, my appreciation, so this is how I'm going to honor Mr. Houdini. And I'm going to immerse myself inside the can, and he, You see him get in the can. Uh, the water will displace, so it's going to bring you know just this much breathing air, like an right, inch right, right. to the top, and I'll be locked in. And he gets in, and he says, this is in rehearsal, and 20 minutes go by. And it's right before airtime, and he gets stuck. He mm. can't get out of the can. Oh, no. He said something had jammed, and I heard a cracking noise. No, Well, it turns out it was two of his vertebrae. Oh, what? Dude, these fucking guys, they got to move around, bro. Oh, my God. They got to be able to get out of straitjackets. You know what it's like? Mel Gibson and fucking uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, you got to pull that bitch back out just to get out of half of these things. So you're going to get some bone-on-bone action. Um, So anyway... The pain was considerable, and he said, I knew I was in deep trouble. And I knew if I panicked, I'd be dead. Um, So you can never panic. I had to let myself sink back into the water. I was in a bit of trouble. Well, finally, I heard the noises, and they were undoing the padlocks. And I roared up out of the water, and I'd been saved. It was a close call. Wow. Well, William Shatner, ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome the amazing Randy. <laughs> that was a pretty poor impression. I can, uh, so, so he was Please on he, me, uh, he, he was on some show Randy. with Shatner, Randy, and uh, that's where it happened. Well, he comes out at the end of the show, and he's on a stretcher, and he says, "I've just returned from the hospital," and they tell me that I have a double compression fracture of the vertebrae, and mm. it's not something I recommend you undertake as a hobby. Well, this is a big blow to Randy. Yeah. And he said, I was starting to feel my age, and I thought maybe it's time to get out of this business. Oh. Well, James, Jamie Ian Swiss says, Randy probably could have kept going. Uh, I remember him saying to me, there comes a point, you just don't want to see a little old guy getting out of a can. Yeah. Reminds I mean, me of when I'm at the racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See some real weirdos in that bathroom. All right. So <clears throat> we hear another talk show host. I heard that this is going to be the last escape and your throat. Um, the straight jacket escape. Uh, he says, I may do a few more jail escapes and things like that. But I'm going to leave the stunts to the younger generation. And they will say, Well, how old are you? And he says, I'm 55. Wow. But it's time to get out of the business. So he does. He retires from the escape tricks. Yeah. And Jamie says this was crucial for him because it gave him an opportunity to focus full time on what he regarded as bigger and better things. So we see randy in flight a helicopter you know c- dragging him upside down one last time oh. in a strake jacket and he does the escape Yay. and that's his like um his you know swan song nice so he transitions okay and he finds something else to chase now we immediately see an evangelical tv period What is he the amazing Rhonda now <laughs> Yeah. No, this is a real life thing. This okay. was huge in the 80s. Okay. We see a preacher. You might want to keep your uh, voice uh, levels handy on me because I might get loud. Okay. We see a preacher and he says, in the name of Jesus... Everybody with a bone disease, everybody with a back infirmary, misplaced vertebrae, bring them right down here on the side, and do you feel anything like this? If it feels like warm liquid fire flowing over the whole building, well, a woman comes up to him, and she, you see her walk up, he grabs his hand, and just gives her a little tap, Ah. and she falls backwards. And she's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And she's falling backwards. There's nobody catching her. Yeah,
1: she's just falling on the floor. Falls
0: straight back on the ground. Well, during the 80s, the faith faith healing racket is what took off. Yep. All around the world, it wasn't just a U.S. phenomenon. (laughs) Let the leg begin to grow. Heal the disc there. It's coming in the name of Jesus. Yep. Well, Randy gets obsessed with these guys. And he starts doing investigations, and he went to tent shows, and he saw no evidence of healing taking place whatsoever at all. Yeah. But he gets obsessed with one faith healer in particular. Huh. Have you ever heard of Peter Popoff? No. Okay. Title card up. Okay. The Popoff Exposure. Ooh. Hello, Petey. Can you hear me? Uh Uh-huh. Well, we see Popoff, and this guy is like Chris Rock in Bring the Pain. Wow. He's pouncing like a cat on the stage. You've got cancer of the stomach. Are you ready for God to burn that cancer out? (laughs) I I love that shit, though. Dude, Pat. Yeah. A man like Reverend Peter Popoff was a dangerous man, according to Randy. (sighs) In his estimation, he was the ultimate scoundrel. Because he's taking people's faith in their religion. He's taking away their security. And in many cases, he was harming them physically because he was convincing them that they don't have to go to doctors anymore and that Jesus has healed them. So we see this huge packed house, okay? If you've got pills as an act of faith, I want you to throw them in the aisles. Throw all your pills from the balcony, toss them over the side. Amen. You throw, you throw those pills. You see people just (laughs) dumping pills
1: Pills out. That's hilarious. (laughs) He's doing some good.
0: (laughs) Well, Weissman says, Uh "That was my Lipitor." Yeah, there goes exactly (laughs) the shit I fucking need. Uh, uh, I've got gout. I need, (laughs) I need pain meds. I've got angina,
1: you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The gout.
0: Uh, so you have Popoff. He's going around the congregation. Angina. <laughs> <laughs> Just I don't even know what angina is. Is it a heart thing? I don't know. And he says he convinced people that God was speaking through him, and he even knew their names and their addresses, and he would call it out to these people, and they're impressed. So you see Pop off out there, he's like, and he's closing his eyes. And he hunches <laughs> yeah. over, he kinda hunches over and he's like, is that a John? Is there a John? A three, seven, eight, four, Archwood Road, addressed living John. Yeah. Oh you see John jump up. He's like, holy shit, that's me. He's like, how does he fucking know? God is burning those blood clots out of his veins,
1: Wow. out of
0: his arteries. Well, John walks up to him, and he just pops him in the head. He goes flying to the ground. Jesus, there it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Another one comes up. Ah! <laughs> and you see these people flying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just barely touching them. Yeah. It's the power of suggestion. Yeah, you sure, know? Sure. So people are dropping like flies. And Randy's like, he's doing this mentalism thing. And it appeared, <laughs> we wondered, how the fuck is he getting the information? Well, Banachek, um, that's Steve Shaw. Yeah. He says, he said, Randy was coming to town. He said, would you like to come see this evangelist by the name of Peter Popoff? Uh, he's supposedly really well known and he's going to be downtown. And he's going to be doing this whole revival thing, and thousands of people will be there. And I said, well, "Yeah, I'd love to come." Wow, is that supposed to be like? Was where? Does downtown L.A.? Just somewhere in the middle of the country. Who oh no, middle. Okay, middle country. Pop okay. Ops. He's back in action. Gotcha. Is it a Ruby? Is it a Ruby Harris? <laughs> well, Banachek said. So
1: where? Did, I'm sorry. Where did you say he was getting the names from again? I haven't.
0: <clears throat> oh, okay. He's probably calling up the hospital and shit. Banachek says, I'm sitting there with Randy, and there's thousands of people there. Come on up here, Ruby. Here she comes, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Well, they believe that the guy guy is a prophet. Right. And he's going to heal him. Well, Ruby comes up in her curlers. Yes, 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 I'm Ruby. (laughs) Now, listen. Now, I'm going to tell her what's wrong with her. But I'm not going to tell it out loud because it's confidential. Mm -hmm. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit's a gentleman? (laughs) Poor old Ruby's in tears, okay? (laughs) And Banachek says, I realized at this moment something big is going on here, and this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Well, Ruby's like, yes, 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 I believe he's a gentleman. God's going to burn them out right now. Here they go. Here they go right now. Jesus! Jesus! Ruby flies. Yeah. Okay, literally 10 feet. Like she jumped? Like he, he He grabs them and and holds them with his arms and then bounces his hand but bounces the hand back and it's all power of suggestion. Yeah. And then they just they go flying. Fly, fly. But keep in mind, they're all yeah. ladies and shit. Yeah, yeah. All right? So Banachek says, I have to tell you, it was an absolutely amazing experience because the emotions that you feel... When there are people up there who are in tears. Right now, Jesus. Right now, I need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, he continues and he says, These people are shaking and they've got this entire energy going throughout the room and it does something to you. Even as a skeptic, it truly does something to you. Oh, hallelujah. Get up on your feet and walk. Let's walk. You see this guy get out of a wheelchair, okay? (laughs) He grabs his cane, and he starts walking. There's no more pain. There's no more pain. 12 years I've been in pain. I'm no longer in pain. Look at that. There he goes. There he goes. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you know that that just burns the devil up? (laughs) He takes the dude's cane, snaps it across his neck. Oh, shit. And mm. Banachek says, after a while, you know, I'm sitting there. And after some of the emotion had died down in me, Popoff said, I need people to come and collect money. Okay. So he gives 15 buckets. And somehow Banachek gets himself on the bucket crew. Wow. And he's going around the auditorium collecting cash. God is touching that thyroid condition right now. <laughs>
1: well, but back, dude, back in the day, There was an Opie and Anthony episode where they came out. There was one of the guys in the wheelchair. There was a live episode that they did like at a casino or something. Yeah. And one of the guys was in the wheelchair, and they started to do like this bit. Yeah. And the guy, so like Anthony was pretending to be like a minister and was doing like, now stand up. And then they pulled the the wheelchair back from from the guy, and he. They're like, now take a step, and he goes to take a step and just falls straight on his face and just starts going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you hear one guy in the crowd go hey you're a fucking asshole and the entire
0: crowd turned on them and almost rioted them right did he so the guy was legitimately like disabled yeah and they were just like try see if you can walk and he just
1: fell flat on his face Fucking and they had to escape
0: from the back through the back. Just slug body, just laying there on just the floor. laying on the floor
1: because they took his fucking chair away. Wow. <laughs> well, oh,
0: Banachek's checks out there in the audience, and he's like, they're throwing in fives, tens, twenties, because Popoff's always saying, "Whatever you give back, you will get back tenfold." Yeah. So if you put a dollar in, you're gonna get ten, $10 bucks. Though. Yeah. Put a hundred in, you're getting more money. And everybody's believing this. Right. Here it comes, complete healing in Jesus. You foul spirit of deafness, take your hands off this woman in Jesus' name. Lord, let these ears be open. This is a deaf woman he's working on. Right. And Banachek says, I get up close and I notice in his ear, he's got an earpiece uh. with no ear hole. It's a little piece of plastic in there. And I come back to Randy and I said, I think I know what's going on. And Randy said, well, what's up? And he says, he's got it in his left ear. Now, a man that can heal the deaf, he wouldn't need a hearing aid now, would he? No. Well, he's back with the deaf lady. How do I sound now? Loud! Loud! (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I can hear now. Well, at this point, he needs some help. So he enlisted the aid of a private investigator named Alec Jason. Let's meet Alec. He says, one day Randy called me, and he suggested that Peter Popoff was using radio transmissions, but they couldn't really figure out how it was done, and they wanted to know if I could intercept or detect it. I said, I certainly couldn't guarantee it, but less than 50-50 chance, maybe Mm. a 25% chance. Nice. Well, Randy says we knew that Popoff had a service, as he called it, happening in San Francisco, and we figured let's go down there yeah well they show an interviewer outside the people walking in and uh they go up to this fucking heck and they're like you think uh you, you support peter's ministry and he's like every time i can ah uh, another interviewer what brings you here today this dumb bitch with two kids huh. uh well i'm expecting a miracle Aww. Uh, physical healing well jason Our jason says the day of the event. I decided to dress as a security guard. (laughs) Complete uniform. Smart. Badge. Badge. Nice. Shirt. I got the radio. I got the keys, everything. And I'm really nervous because he's sneaking in. Ah. And Randy says, I showed up too. And I appeared in disguise as Adam Gerson. Ring any bells? No. Well, it's an anagram of uh, the Amazing Randy. Oh, God. And and the Amazing Randy puts on a wig and a beard, and uh, he gets in. So (laughs) Alex, Alec, I should say, he goes down a corridor and the hallway outside of the auditorium, and he sets up his equipment, and he's got everything concealed in bags. He's got a scanner, and it's looking for new frequencies. Uh, Anything that's not normally there should detect and show up. Get ready! Get ready to praise God! I love it. Suddenly, on the scanner, one of the lights came on uh-huh. saying there's a signal. Uh-huh. And the scanner stopped at the frequency. And I hear what I realized now are footsteps, but they're high-heel footsteps uh-huh. on a hard surface. How many of you believe it's all right to praise the Lord? And then I hear someone coming closer and closer to the microphone. And a woman's voice says, Hello, Petey. Hello, Petey. Can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. Yes, they were using a radio frequency. And I found it. In the name of Jesus. We hear the woman on the radio. Jody Dean. Jody Dean. Is there a Jody Dean? Jody Dean, where are you? Woman on the radio. No, 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 no. Other, other direction. Other direction. She should be on your right now. Jody Dean walks up to the stage. Here it comes. Woman on the radio. Okay, she lives at 4267 Masterson. 4267 Masterson, I can see the angels of God all around your house. <laughs> Rosa... Rosa Kramer? Is it Camille? It must be Camille. You've been taking a lot of medication? She's with her son Kipper, and he has a lump in his chest. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Who's Kipper? He got a lump in his chest. Well, she raises up her little son that's got a cancerous tumor in his chest. You want God to melt it right now, little Kipper? (laughs) Kipper, stand up. God's going to burn that thing out of you right now. Well, they figure out the scam. These people, when they pay their twenty dollars to attend, there's prayer request forms that say, "I have cancer."
1: Oh, come on! I've got this. Well, how, how do they not figure it out? Because they're dummies. Oh, come on, guys! I thought it was gonna be some like real covert shit, like they call the hospital or so. I thought they were gonna really get in. They make them. F-
0: you don't have to when your clients are dummies. Oh, this makes me sad for You people. don't have to when your clients are dumping over their fucking good morphine pills. And he's probably picking up those pills and then selling those out the back door. I mean, at, at, <coughs> at best,
1: your guy is just really good at memorizing shit. Like the really good ones. Ain't nobody out Nah, man. Anyway, go on. Petey.
0: Martha. Zarkowski. Is there a Martha? Is it Zarkowski? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guy. She's like, oh woman on radio. Weldon Crab. Is it Weldon? Crab. I'm getting crab. Peggy White? Mm-hmm. Peggy White! 1305 Solano. 1305 Solano. Ah, uh, turn over to the left. Oh, there you go. Hallelujah. Um, She's had a hysterectomy. She can't take hormones. Uh, He's got kidney and eye problems. You want God to touch your kidney? Now, let that ear open in the name of Lord. Right now, Jesus, power of the Holy Christ. Here it comes. Boom.
1: Another person goes flying. <laughs> Devil,
0: back off. <laughs> Devil, back off. <laughs>
1: I got to see this And guy. the
0: bondage is broken. woo In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you foul spirit. Boom. They're just going. They're, they're split. You know what? It's just a, the stage is dead bodies at this point. Yeah. <laughs> they're just Dude. littered. Fuck. And Alex says, I thought, well, I got to get out of here because he's panicked. He's like, I got what I got. So I pack everything up. Um, I turned the equipment off. I took the bags, walked down the stairs. Was there any
1: recording? He recorded
0: anything? it all. Oh, perfect. My heart's pounding because I got the goods. Yeah. Well, Randy says, not only did we have the evidence we needed, we had more Than what we needed. Yeah. We had it. So I go on Johnny Carson show. Wow. He goes back on Johnny and he exposed When the revelation came and you heard Mrs. Popoff's voice, hello, Petey, can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. Johnny suddenly realized what the gimmick was and he said, "That's wild stuff. (laughs) goes. Yeah, of course, that's what he said, Johnny. Said, that is that is weird, wacky, wild stuff. This this guy is a criminal. Yeah, and uh, uh, hopefully facing some serious jail time. Well, Randy says it turns out that God's frequency—I didn't know—he used a radio is thirty-nine point one seven zero megahertz. Wow! And uh, God is a woman, obviously. Yes, and sounds exactly like right. Popoff's wife, mm. Elizabeth. Well, Carson, he's like, this is wild. Now, has he seen this tape that you just showed us? And he says, uh, not until this very moment. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, that is pretty epic to like expose your guy on fucking Carson. Fucking
1: troll of the century. It's pretty fucking good. I
0: mean, it's up there. I can't believe I never heard about it. Yeah. So Adam Savage says, I can't imagine uh, what uh, we would, uh, how you would maintain a life where you're living and your well-being of your family depends on lying every single day. So I think they believe there is some way in what they're doing is good, and there's some moral compass that they've invented that allows them to do it. I I I disagree. I
1: I disagree, too, but psychologists will tell you psycholo- uh, psychiatrists I'm sure also and other people that if you give up you're surely going to die if you're a cancer patient or an a or whatever and yeah. serious if you give up and you you're not like you will sh- you have mu- and I think they've done studies on it Yeah. like the more you believe that you're going to live the better chance you have of living
0: yeah, but I don't think anybody. But I, I'm not starts, defending this idiot. I don't think anybody starts out with good and then goes down this route. I, I think it's just. No, no no no, evil. no, 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 no.
1: I don't think somebody is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go as a motivational person. Yeah. And then you turn into. And you don't go in as Tony Robbins and turn into. Here's the thing. This guy. I
0: don't think denial is as powerful as people think it is. Uh,
1: I mean, this is, I, this I don't This is a know. concept I've had a, a
0: lot of talks with people yeah, and, I don't know. with addiction. Yeah. Because, like, when I was an alcoholic. Well, I still am, but I would have this constant debate and say... Well, is you're it? an alcoholic that doesn't drink, is what you're trying to say? Probably. Um, my point is, can your alcoholism be so strong that in your weakest moments, you never, ever question if you have a problem? Because I don't think it's possible. Hmm. Because you wake up, your car's missing... You know, Jesus, fucking, you know, and people lose shit. You're in the hospital, whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's possible when it gets that bad that you don't have an internal thought say, "This could be bad," or "I am fucking up." I don't think denial is that powerful, right?
1: Okay, I get it for recovery. When you're talking about recovery for for drug abuse and stuff like that, and alcohol, that's one thing. I'm, I'm 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 talking more about like a medical condition that like. You're a uh, good oh yeah, person. Yeah. I'm talking you're about healthy, like you, and you just feel like you've had a bad stroke yeah. of luck, and like once you start going down that depression path, I just feel like you're probably like whatever is
0: killing you will probably kill you all faster. I'm, all I'm saying is I'm taking Adam's thing, saying yeah. I started. I think they started off with good intentions or whatever. I, I don't, don't buy that so. shit. I don't buy all. that shit at all. Now, I, I don't get that, but feeling. I see what you're saying about yeah. people. You know, yeah. it's like you have to give up. Yeah, I mean, you can't give up if you're sick. No, Adam's right. Like,
1: well so for the so for the person's perspective some of them may know that he's being bullshit but also don't necessarily care and because they are there it's helping them in, in in other ways maybe. You know why? Why?
0: A double portion of God's power, <laughs> a double portion of God's power. <laughs> well, Randy says we did it. We'd expose this man on probably the most popular television show of the day. And he announced bankruptcy shortly after. How, though? We'll get into it. Uh, Give me a little uh, Peter Popoff uh, Simpsons music. In 85, Popoff began soliciting soliciting donations from a program to provide Bibles to citizens of the Soviet Union by attaching them to helium-filled balloons and floating them into the country. Okay. When skeptics asked him to prove that the money he had collected had been in fact spent on Bibles and balloons, Popoff staged a burglary at his own headquarters. On subsequent broadcasts, after he was exposed, he he tearfully begged for additional donations to help repair the damage of his own burglary. Well, that's pretty gross, right? So it's fucking attaching Bibles to balloons and sending them to Russia. That's what he claimed. That's what he claimed. United States to Russia. Yep. Oh, boy. So after the expose (laughs) on the Tonight Show with Randy, Popoff initially denied it. And he accused NBC of hiring an actress to impersonate his what? wife oh. on doctored videotape. Wow. Well, eventually Popoff admitted the existence of the radio device, but claimed Elizabeth only occasionally gave him the name of a person who needed special prayers. Right. He added almost everybody knew about the radio communication system, although donations had exceeded over half a million dollars monthly. Oh my God! His ministry's viewer ratings and donations declined significantly after the Carson airing. Yeah, and in its September of '87, he declared bankruptcy, listing more than 790 unpaid creditors and a ministry debt of over one million, and personal debts of almost half of that. Jesus! Pop off! What are you doing with their fucking money? <laughs> We're gonna get to it. <sighs> Popoff's attorney, William Simon, attributed the collapse of his ministry to financial mismanagement more than to disclosures about Popoff. Well, Randy also planted accomplices in Popoff's audiences. They did not discuss this in the film, including a man dressed as a woman who Popoff cured uterine cancer of at a meeting in Detroit in 1984. Randy and Shaw recorded Elizabeth describing a woman to pop off as that big N-word in the back. Oh, boy. And warning him. I'm, su- I'm, I'm assuming... She didn't say N-word. She didn't say Negro or something. No, no. She, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be respectful. Yeah. But she she went full. Yeah, hard R. Hard R. Hard R. And she also oh warned boy. Peter on it's, radio. It's not very godly of you. Keep your hands off those tits. Yeah. I'm watching you. Yeah. At another session, Elizabeth and her aides were heard laughing uncontrollably at the physical appearance of a man suffering from advanced testicular cancer. Oh, no. Here's the thing. If it Do you was, have big old balls or something? That's what I was wondering. Because I would laugh if it was elephantitis, yeah. but I don't think that's the... They would have been specific. The elephantitis stuff is wacky, dude. Dude, it's, it's, so it's crazy. weird. Have you seen pictures? Ugh. Yeah, it's crazy. Since I was in
1: the sixth grade, seventh grade. Oh, yeah. It's like the first it's thing you, you go Because like it was Elephant in some Tidus.
0: movie. Somebody mentioned it. <laughs> elephantitis yes, of the nuts. Uh, or maybe it was an 80s reference.
1: Sit some guy just literally sitting on his nuts. It's
0: like sitting on a jolly jumper. Well, you can't have, you ever been you on can't a, have it removed. Did they have jolly jumpers in your opinion? Yeah, idea? I know what jolly jumpers yeah, are. That's what it looks like. Um. More on Popoff. Um, in 1988, the Washington Post reported that Popoff was making a comeback, seeking, uh, seeking to jumpstart his ministry by repackaging himself for an African-American audience. Oh, great. Buying time on the Black Entertainment Television Network. Oh, BET was around back then? <laughs> in 1998. Yeah. Oh, 98. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Popoff was collecting almost four million per year in the late 1980s. In 2003, his ministry received over 9.6 million, and in 2005, this is 2005, yeah, over 23 million. In that year, he and his wife were paid a combined salary of nearly one million, while two of his children. Yeah, this is exactly the guy that I was thinking of.
1: This guy's fucking. This guy's face. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly who this dude is, actually. Well, his wow, children were yeah.
0: on $180,000 salaries each. And financial data is not available for Popoff's ministry since 2005 because Peter Popoff Ministries changed from a for profit business to a religious organization. How did they let them do that? In 2006, making a tax exempt. Oh. So they were for profit. And not even claiming to be a religious organization until they got popped. And it's less, that's like, that's less legit. Yeah. Not more legit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, Popoff purchased a home in Bradbury, California for four and a half million in 2007. He drives a Porsche and a Mercedes Benz. Uh, You ever hear of Larry Skelton before? No. Good. He's the former organist uh, for Popoff from 65 to 90. Um, and he said, when you're praying for the sick, it's through the Holy Spirit. And there's some times that it works freely. And then other times when the spirits just not there. Right. Uh, He went on to say that when, uh, on the days it didn't show, you still had to pay money for the auditorium. Yeah. So you needed to help the Holy, help the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It it makes sense. I get it. I mean, come on. It's a piece of shit move though. I mean, fucking to keeping the light. You're just keeping the lights on to deceive people at this point. Skelton claimed that he had seen miracles. For instance, a believer. Well, yeah, he's not even being religious. Yeah, but you're not not acting. Sorry. Yeah, this is, this is big for Skelton. He says he saw this. Yeah. He said, I saw a believer whose short leg grew six inches to match the length of his normal leg. Okay. (laughs) I I believe it, dude. I'm sure crazy shit
1: like that happens.
0: Once in in a while, one of those, two of those people got cured, I'm sure. In February 2007, Inside Edition uh, reported that Pop-Off's new infomercials. 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 It's all about where you put that... uh, the, the emphasis. Infomercials. Infomercials depict him healing the sick in a manner identical to his methods prior to James Randi's expose. Ah. Victims were interviewed, including a married couple who charged that Popov Pop- Pop had taken thousands of dollars from them. Popov Pop refused to comment. Flimflam is his prese- uh, profession, Randy explained. Hmm. That's what he does best. He's very good at it, and naturally he's going to get back to it. In May 2007, ABC's 2020 focused on Pop-Off's comeback and explored the lives of a few people who uh, felt cheated. Various other uh, media outlets have run similar stories. And in July 2008 in BC, residents, uh, a BC resident was reimbursed by Pop-Off after she went public with her concerns over his fundraising activities. Right. In 2008, the UK broadcasting regulator Ofcom issued strong warnings uh, Two broadcasters for transmitting his material, ah. which the regulator felt promoted his products in such a way as to target potential susceptible and vulnerable viewers. Yeah. These programs included offers of free Miracle Mana. Hmm, what's mm-hmm. that? That's... Uh, uh, mana. M- m- mana.
1: M-A-N-A. M- m- a- N- a. Yep. Well So it's like uh some fucking World of Warcraft shit, huh? It w- <laughs> it's like their life, their life essence. Well,
0: it allegedly provided health and financial, it's that they call financial it, miracles. Financial miracle. That's fucking hilarious. And what he did is he began running advertisements um for blessed water. Now get this. And holy sand.
1: Oh no. Holy
0: sand. But the water he claimed was drawn from a spring near Chernobyl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, site, the site of the 86 nuclear <laughs> reactor disaster so this is after 86 this Even? is 2009 oh my he God. found he found a stream <sighs> near chernobyl oh and he's like look look this stream of water
1: is so powerful, not even nuclear energy could it's exactly destroy it. That's exactly what it says. Wow. It says
0: animals and humans drinking from the spring were purportedly spared radiation sickness. Wow. Responders to the ad received a small wooden cross bearing the That ins-
1: would make sense a little bit. Oh. I'm you know why? Me. Tell because me why. if it's a if it's a spring, that uh-huh. means it's naturally flowing water from a with f-
0: radiation and plutonium. But in it. you
1: don't know that because it's coming from a different source. Uh huh. So when it gets to you, it may not have been affected yet.
0: Okay. Sounds. <laughs> uh- yeah, I lost myself in the middle <laughs> of that one too. Don't worry. Well, responders to the ad received a small wooden cross bearing the inscription Jerusalem, and a solicitation. Jerusalem. And a solicitation for donations, followed by numerous additional solicitation Man. letters. Wow. Uh, Popoff won an award, though, uh, by the James Randi Educational Foundation. Like, is he known as a Christian? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, as one of its recipients of the 2011 Pegasus Awards, Pegasus, <laughs> not Pegasus, he got the Pegasus yeah. Award in 2011 <laughs> for fraudulent practices, <laughs> along with Mehmet Oz uh. and CVS Pharmacy. Wow. Why? Uh, uh, why? Because he's a fucking pig. Oh, and uh, oh, from C- okay, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Yeah, and apparently CVS fucked up, and we all know Mehmet Oz is a fucking dork. Yeah. Um, so then he came is up that Dr. Oz? Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, then he came up with data. turk motherfucker. Debt cancellation <laughs> is part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you just got you just got my Turk reference? No, I'm oh, laughing. Okay. I got your Turk reference. <laughs> okay, thanks. I love that he's got a campaign that debt cancellation is part of God's plan for se- it's basically for 1799. Oh, yeah, you can I'll, I'll show you how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um show how fuck <laughs> For $17.99, you can get the headpiece, the earpiece. He taught that God would respond to prayer and seed faith by providing financial blessing. Credit.com wrote a blog post concerning (laughs) Pop-Off's claims. They're like, like, you ain't fucking up our shit, man. We make it 8% (laughs) off this. You can tell these fucking people all they want, but we ain't relieving their debt. Yeah um uh, in September of 2015 Michael Marshall of the Good Thinking Society documented Popoff's latest promises of fabulous extreme fortune and miracles in exchange for donations to his organization. At a recent London Gathering uh, GTS film Popoff Healing, that's in quotes, a woman supposedly racked with pain, ah? Uh, Though Marshall and a colleague had previously seen her in no obvious distress, handing out pens and Ah. questionnaires to audience Ah. members. (laughs) (laughs) Soon after the healing, they watched her quietly leave the room. Yeah, Um, And then in the mid-2000s, this is going back to uh, the miracle spring water, he was running infomercials in the US, Canada, UK, Australia, and New Zealand. Respondents were promised miracles, um, from disease and disability, along with financial prosperity, uh, which included divine money transfers directly into your account. Yep. Sounds like fraud. But you don't have to... You, I wasn't done. Okay. To get the divine money transfer directly right. deposited into your account, uh-huh. you have to sleep with the water for one night before drinking <laughs> And then you have to pray over the empty bottle and send it back to pop off with a donation. So it only works if you drink the water, uh-huh. sleep with the fucking empty bottle. Sleep with it first.
1: Yes. And then drink it. And then pray over the empty bottle. And then send the bottle back with a donation inside of it. It worked, though. It's pretty fucking genius. He got a... Deli- <laughs> it's pretty fucking genius. <laughs> deli- hey, um, thinking about
0: starting something next week with the... Uh, Let's go. <laughs> it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you send out more donations for more miracles um, Once, because he's got your info at this point. <laughs> yeah, once oh yeah, you send I mean, it back yeah. to him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: he also, at one oh, point, yeah. started referring to himself as a prophet. And Popoff's operation had functioned, as we mentioned, for profit. But then what he did is he merged it with a small church in Farmer's Branch Texas mm. called Word for the World. Well, it operated out of a storefront, um but because of the classification, no taxes. So a GQ reporter went to go visit the church, and he found a deserted parking yeah, lot. Yeah, he's like in a <laughs> fucking strip mall. Like,
1: uh, there's no church, but I guess at, I guess I'm gonna have a subway. It wasn't real quick. even
0: a building. <clears throat> oh, it's God. just a fucking parking lot. Yeah. So because Just of his like some voter history of fraud and financial irregularities, his People United for Christ organization earned a do-not-disclose mm-hmm. rating with the Better Business Bureau because they refused to provide information that would enable the BBB to determine whether the group adheres to its standards for uh, charity accountability. Um, Popoff's longtime assistants, Reeve Ferd and Pamela Sherell also began a televised Texas-based ministry with Reeford using uh, the name Pastor Lee Sherrill. Like Popoff, they used the offer of a religious trinket. In this case, they were working with prayer cloths uh, Great. to get an address list. So they basically exactly. jacked his address. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing. Probably. Um, smart. Yeah, it is smart. <laughs> Devious um, and smart. According to Fred M. Frohawk, uh, Popoff is one of... Uh, many egregious uh, instances of fake healing. And Ol' Anthony of the Trinity Foundation, founded in 87 to research the claims of televangelists, said most of these guys are fooled by their own theology, referring to, of course, Olstein, Joel Olsteen, T and T.D. Jakes. I don't know T.D. Jakes. But in the case of Popoff, he's fundamentally, fundamentally evil because he knows he's a con man. Now, this... Uh, The whole thing we're talking about with the transmitter, they parodied that in the Fletch sequel, Fletch Lives. And there was an album by a death metal band uh, called Spiritual Healing that was inspired by Pop-Off. And the front cover artwork is uh, a priest that looks almost exactly like him. Mm. Uh, Getting somebody to get out of a wheelchair.
1: There was this other like philosophical pastor that I would always watch on TV like on Channel 3 mm-hmm. for years and I just can't remember his name and he used to have those big the big shade glasses kind of like sort of shady but they're like they're transitions? Still, they're not transitions but they're they're like they're seeing glasses but they're sort of shaded
0: I mean this guy was on from like you know I ten, think you thinking ten, of Jerry Falwell bro
1: Jerry Falwell maybe well on.
0: do you remember the Steve Martin dramedy Leap of Faith 1992 ish um, that no. was inspired by Popoff's fraudulent ministry, and they used the same techniques he used. And get this, in 2012, uh, a Broadway musical adaptation of the same title was nominated for Tony Award for Best Musical. And um, Popoff was also the inspiration for a character in the 2012 thriller film Red Lights, Okay, a psychic who uses information fed to him via hidden earpiece to persuade the audience at his shows that he's receiving personal details uh, psychically. The script include mm-hmm. w- included wife Elizabeth Popoff's infamous line: "Hello, Petey, can you hear me? If not, you're in trouble." Now, mm-hmm. Dave, normally around here, we're in and out. Yeah, this is about halfway done. Wow. So what A- I and, think- and
1: it's been way. De- I honestly thought when we first started this, this was gonna yeah. be some kind of like guy who used magic or sleight of hand to like steal something or rob a bank or something like that
0: this has gotten completely different than what i thought well that's what i love and Mm -hmm. i hope our listeners feel the same way so Mm -hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to pick up next week and finish this off this is going to be our first cliffhanger dude yeah two-parter now does that make us con men (laughs) are we (laughs) using we're evolving we're (laughs)
1: evolving um, we, we riffed a lot this time. We had a lot <laughs> we of had fun. Have, we haven't talked in a while. We it, riffed a lot. It's
0: a great story. And uh, before we go, I do want to uh, give uh, Moy Ruff. That's yeah. M-O-Y Ruff, R-O-U-G-H, from Twitter, a shout out. He goes by Writer, but he says, at Down on the Docks, yo, Chris and Dave, can the followers of Down on the Docks start calling ourselves Dockers? It doesn't matter what you think. I'm a Docker. now. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm not going to tell anybody to do what they not, do. You do you. Yeah, you do you. Now, we've had this come up a couple of times. Right. And uh, I like Docker.
1: Yeah, I like but Docker. But you're a
0: Dockling guy. I like Docklings. Right.
1: Uh, Docker, just because it's already a brand and it's yeah. like a Docker. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah. simple. By the way, that's,
0: I, I like it, but I mean, that's all I used to wear. Dockers? Dude, I went through a docker phase my senior year. See a skater brand. Totally. <laughs> all I would wear was dockers. And I, I've been it's not a, lo- really a
1: skater. I shouldn't say it. it's not a skater brand, but it's like, it's like,
0: yeah. Yeah. It I can be. Like 20 pairs it's of them. It's definitely not a skater brand. Um, <laughs> But I went through a phase for a year where all I did was wear dockers. And I've wearing jeans yeah. every day of my life. Since. Yeah, my dad was a big dockers guy. So uh, we will be back next week. Dave, remind us who we are sponsored by because the the sponsors do help us uh, keep going around here. Yeah.
1: Broccoli Farms, 619 on Instagram. Mention down on the docs DOCS for your fifteen percent off your first time patient or delivery.
0: Perfect. And then of course check us out on the socials, uh down on the docs uh pod on Instagram, down on the docks at Twitter. And if you want to send us a direct email, down on the docs at gmail.com. And uh thank you again, Delirious Biscuit. Um, he's really killing it with suggestions. Yep. So uh if Some you're in, nice
1: DMs, if just you're just now if saying, you're in the Discord.
0: We have a section in the Discord where it's docs to recommend. That's where you want to pop those in there. RSB 68, shout out to you as well. And guys, we'll see you next week with part two of An Honest Liar. We're out. We'll see you shortly.